the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show on Friday, August 16th. We're already at the 2 o'clock hour. Your week is almost over. Most of you out there anyway. Some of your work days may just be beginning, but we love you anyway and just glad to have you. And and you've got our full moral support, <laughs> whatever your work schedule is. But for the majority of you that have been, have been uh, working for the Friday uh, so that you can get your weekend, it is almost here, as, as you have probably discerned out there because Dave's listeners are are an intelligent class of listeners. Uh, I'm not Dave Ellswick. Uh, this is Shane Stacks, a frequent guest of Dave, a frequent co-host, and I'm always honored when Dave asks me to uh, co-host the show. So I'll be setting in today. Uh, I always say that I'm setting in for but never replace. You can't replace Dave Ellswick. He's, he's one in a million. If you heard yesterday... He had, they the the station Salem did a big fiftieth anniversary for him. Uh, it, he's he's done fifty years in radio in one way or the other. Uh, I think as of August tenth. That's no joke. There's beautiful award plaque down here at the end of the desk uh, that I'm looking at, and and uh, you know I'm just so proud of Dave. And I'm in radio because of Dave. He. Uh, reached out and, and kind of pulled me in, and, and I'm glad he did because it's something I've always wanted to do. But one of the things we're going to do today throughout the day, and I'll mention this a lot because I want to encourage people to do it, the phone number is 501-823-0965. That's 501-823-0965. I encourage anybody out there that has listened to Dave, whether you're a new listener or whether you've been listening to him in Arkansas for 20 years, I encourage you to call in 501-823-0965 and just say something to Dave. Thank you, Dave, or Dave, I appreciate you, or, or Dave, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I, I've seen what Dave tries to do and does to help uh, Arkansas and the political uh you know, spectrum and, and all of that. And he risks himself in some ways that a lot of people won't. And it's causing him trouble at times. So if you have appreciation for Dave, which I definitely do, call in today and we will, you know, collect the audio from that and make one kind of file out of it and give it to him. Or, you know, maybe he'll want to play some of that stuff on air or whatever. But it's 501-823-0965. And there's also, uh, if you go to the Dave Ellswick Show on Facebook, Zach, is the is the video up? There will be posts on the Dave Ellswick Show on Facebook that show video from the studio. And you can comment there if you want to say something to Dave. And I'll, you know, make sure that, that he sees those. So, again, it's 501-823-0965. Call in uh, with, with your words for Dave, and, and we'll make sure to get it to, get it to him. Uh, I, know, I know I really appreciate Dave. My life is better and more interesting because of Dave Ellswick. Uh, so... Today's show, if you're wondering, is not just going to be about Dave, although I I think he kind of deserves it, to be honest. But we've got uh, a a good friend of mine, uh, both personally uh, and as a Christian brother and politically, 
and and somebody who's also done a lot to try to help uh, has has gone outside of his comfort zone to try to help Arkansas and national politics, and that's Donnie Copeland. So he's in with us today. Donnie, welcome back. Man, great to be here. Was, it, was the last time you were on when, when you came on with me? Or was I the think last time so. You've been Maybe on? with Dave uh, a few months ago, but with it's been it? quite a while. Man, you need to – I think you would be great on Dave's power panel. Have, uh, has he ever talked to you oh, about yeah, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's given me – and as you mentioned, Dave's yeah. been so great to yeah, me and right. to so many people. He's he's such a wonderful friend and a great patriot, to be honest. So, right. uh, yeah, uh, I've – I don't get over here as much as I'd like, but I right. love it when I'm able to do it. Well, I know I reached out to you because I, I think I mentioned this last time that we hung out. I'm so busy because I, I got multiple irons in the fire like I know you do. And I, sometimes the only way you, me and you to hang out is to get you on the radio That's with right. me. So, But, you know, we talk about the stuff we normally talk about anyway. Um, but I, I appreciate you a lot, Donnie. You've, you've been important well, in my life you, as I well. I feel the same way. Yeah, good. You, Shane. So what we're going to do today, folks, is from uh, until 4 o'clock – or maybe a little bit longer. If, if he, I mean, I don't know what his schedule is today, but definitely from two to four, uh, we're going to do a, a a power panel of two. Or you could actually say that Donnie's the co-host today for the next two hours. And one of the things that he suggested talking about, which I think is a wonderful idea, is election twenty twenty because it's coming at us like a freight train. Yeah, it really is. And this is going to be another nasty one. It oh, really yeah. is, Donnie. I mean, the whole. This culture war isn't settled. Uh, the last, oh, not by far. The last, what, one, two, three major election cycles have been divided right down the middle, and it's been nasty. So I, I project this one will be. Although, we'll talk about this more after the break, and we really get into it. I think there's going to be even more of a socialist discussion in everything, because a lot of the Democrats are going socialist or at least making socialist noises to get that young vote. So Absolutely. Yeah, so I think that's going to play a lot. In fact, I, I caught some of Dave's show yesterday, and they were talking about that, stuff that 20 years ago would have been unimaginable to hear elected officials talking about. Now they're just throwing it around like it's normal. And that's so, how it becomes normalized. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, And it's, it's not the AOC's, what, what's her name? Uh, what's, her, what's her name, Zach? Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, it's not her you really have to worry about because there's always going to be one one iconoclast, whether it's a Republican, Democrat, that's out there far left or far right. Right. But it's when the moderates in the middle ground start picking up the language because they see the support she's getting among a certain demographic. But we'll talk about that more. Uh, We're also going to talk today. uh, I always like to give a Pulaski County Quorum Court update, you know, because I was a JP and, and I always want to make sure people know what's going on in the Quorum Court and there's some uh, there's some news dealing with the county jail and Walmart taxes that Walmart pays that I want to mention out there and then if we get time and if you want to get in on this discussion I mean we could probably talk two hours about the election uh, Donnie but if there's time I'm going to get into and if you want to get in this discussion we can I know last year evidently the governor was talking or not last week not last year the governor was talking about some uh, hate crimes legislation. Right. So I'd really like to go into that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love so, to. Um, you know, and we'll and we'll go into that because that's that's a slippery, slippery slope. And it's usually one of those things. Good intentions lead to horrible consequences. So um, anyway, and then from five to six, we're going to have Doug Ten Naple. Now, you, you probably Doug has been on Dave's show a few times recently, he's a fascinating guy. 
He's the creator of Earthworm Jim, which is a well-known video game and, and cartoon and, and now a comic book property. He was a producer on the Netflix version of VeggieTales. He's done. A, he's a staunchly conservative, staunchly Christian, um, and he's uh, he's done a lot. Of, he's done a lot of Hollywood, and, and he's worked with like Ben Affleck, producing stuff. He's gotten stuff on TV. Uh, so he's a, he's a really interesting guy. But he also happens to be a geek, and he happens to be conservative. But what we're going to talk about today, uh, at least the main topic, and see what we're going to talk about G.K. Chesterton. Because he is a hardcore G.K. Chesterton. He has like a weekly Chesterton study club. Wow. And I think a lot of people don't know about Chesterton. I love Chesterton. So I think we're going to talk about Chesterton. So And then whatever else Doug wants to get into. And and folks, don't don't tune that out when you hear we're going to talk. I mean, this is, this is deep stuff. It's deep, important stuff. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people, and I, I'm not down on them because I see how our culture's gotten. There's a lot of people that are legitimately Christian that don't think deep about what it means to be a Christian and theology and all that. And GK Chesterton is one of those people that can talk about high concepts in a way you can understand. And he does it with wit. He's a, he's a, he's a very witty uh, kind of person. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it, I, I don't know. Anyway, I'll save, I'll save that for, for Doug's powder, but we're going to get a break in. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have Donnie. I'm going to let Donnie lead the charge, but for quite a while, probably at least an hour, if not longer, we're going to talk about, election 2020 sounds great because it's time to start i hate to say it but it's time to start thinking about it start and thinking about elections it. have consequences so they they really do and votes do make a difference i ain't gonna vote you know i have more respect for somebody that votes differently for me if they have genuine convictions about how they vote than somebody who doesn't vote I just don't have any respect for that. Yeah, you know? I think a lot of times that not voting is yeah. misguided and yeah. it's frustration but right but we we have to educate people. Well, and I see where they're coming from. Like it doesn't matter. We're disenfranchised, or all of the all of the choices are terrible. Or but an adult plays the cards they have. Right. They don't throw the cards away and say, "I'm not going to play the game." So that that's how I look at it. Uh, but there, there's people out there that have different convictions on why not. But if it's just sort of a immature, well, I'm just not going to play this game. I, I don't have a lot of respect for no, that. But no, if it's religious convictions or something like that, then hey, you know, I'm not going to. That's your that's your conscience. So anyway, we're going to get to a break. When we come back, we're going to start getting into election 2020. And folks, don't forget, I want to get your comments today for Dave um, for his 50th anniversary. Please call in at 501-823-0965. I know he's made a difference in a lot of the listeners' lives out there. Please tell him about it. We'll be back on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Shane Stack, setting in for but never replacing Mr. Ellswick. He is out uh, today we'll be back with you Monday, I believe. He'll be well, Zach. Will he be back Monday, Dave? Yeah, he'll be back Monday. He's he's off on a super secret Captain America mission, punching Nazis in the jaw. Uh, you know, I love Dave. I, I I'm not going to comment on how he looks in spandex, but he's out there punching Nazis in the jaw. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> in his RV, when he's driving around looking for Nazis to punch in the jaw in his Captain America costume, has red, white, and blue exhaust coming out of it. Oh, man. Yeah, he's the man. Yeah. So, uh, but again, he's celebrating 50 years in radio, which is just mind boggling. That's longer than I've been alive. Man, that's. Yeah. That's I wish mo- I could say that. Yeah, was, yeah, but that's still a long dang time. Almost. Yeah, but. there's like banners and balloons in here. Folks, call in 501 823 or leave a comment on the Dave Ellswick Show uh, Facebook page where, where the live video of, of today's show is. It, if, if Dave has touched you, and I know he has. Uh, helped you 
whatever, uh, you know, leave, call in 518-230-0965 or, or leave a nice comment on the Dave Ellswick Show Facebook page and just let Dave know about it. So, uh, and, and we're going to be talking with Don, Donnie uh, Copeland, my friend Donnie Copeland, who is a uh, smart dude and, and has a lot of feet on the ground experience with, uh, with helping people and doing politics and all that. And we're going to be talking the election 2020 for the next at least hour, if not longer. But Donnie, you know, I forgot to let you plug anything that you have going on right now. If you want to do that, feel free. Like I know you do some nonprofit work. Yeah. Feel free to plug your church, whatever you want to do, man. Well, I appreciate that. I kind of like to keep things compartmentalized. So, but I appreciate it very much. And uh, I love the work that we're doing with Arkansas Metro. It's uh, a nonprofit and we do something really very, very different than most places. We help people who are working. So we are always looking for people that uh, are working, trying their best, but maybe car trouble, sickness, uh, got them knocked off of high center. And so that's kind of what we do. But uh, yeah, I'm here to talk about 2020 and uh, whatever else uh, you, you're the captain of the ship. So, all right. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to let you lead the charge on uh, 2020, but Donnie's also the pastor at apostolic church. That's okay, right. So, yeah. Very see, proudly said, by the way. Yeah. So. I said it. He did. Yeah. And you and that's a that's a great church over there. So, uh, right by the Harley Davidson uh, <laughs> dealership on. used to be the Harley Davidson. Oh, was it now? What is it yeah, now? I think uh, it's a orthopedic place. So Bowen Orthopedic or right. something. It's over there on the same side of the road. Landers Road. Landers yeah. Road and all that. Apostolic Church. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, lead the charge, man. Yeah, lay I, it out there. Election twenty twenty. And you asked me, you know, uh, when we talked, what I thought was be interesting to at least for me to talk about and that's 2020 here in the state uh, i think we start with the governor's race uh lay it out there i think you know tim griffin is our our lieutenant governor is the is is really the uh the the leader coming out of the out of the clubhouse uh but i think uh the former press secretary of the president yeah. sarah uh, huckabee sanders yeah uh is uh Scaring a lot of people. I had a conversation for the governor's race here. Yes, I did. This is the first I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. She's. I, I think she's in. I knew Tim Griffin was had said he was going to run. Yeah, and you know the scuttlebutt has been that's been something he's aspired to for oh, yeah. a long yeah, time. Was, yeah. He hasn't been in a huge rush about it, but he's been. That's eventually where I'd like to get. So and so now Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who is is, is fearsome in a press conference. Uh, and doesn't play around in a press conference. Uh, you, she's gonna. You, you think yeah, she's gonna yeah, announce? She's, I, I think she's. I think there's a ninety percent chance she runs. That's exciting. Uh, and and I thought I really thought it would be between Leslie Rutledge, the uh, right. current Attorney sure. General, right. and him. Uh, but I really think it's going to be Sarah Huckabee Sanders and uh, Tim Griffin. And a lot of people look back to Janet Huckabee's run when uh, Governor Mike Huckabee. Uh, had just left, I believe, or maybe was still governor, and she ran for secretary of state. Mm-hmm. Now, that was before my time in the state. Uh, and and they kind of looked at that and said, well, she didn't do so well. This is a whole different dynamic. Every, 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 I do not believe in destiny in politics, whether it's good destiny or bad destiny. I agree. Every election cycle is its own cycle. Yeah. Now, there may be unique challenges that any individual a uh, candidate has to overcome or there could be unique wins at their back 
But every election cycle is its own election cycle. I, I don't believe in, well, 30 years ago something happened, so this person can't win. Well, you and know? you, and I, you right. and I have both experienced this running for office right. and running against people who assumed that it was their somehow their, their right, their right yeah, to be in that, office. That bothers me. And and that's how I became a state representative was the person I was running against, who's very nice, by the way, and a friend to this day. Uh, from a distance, but nonetheless, uh, they kind of felt like they were, you know, Enti- it was just automatic. Well, it's it's not necessarily entitled. It's, it's just an assumption. It's an assumption that I've done this, therefore that is mine, and it's it's also this lack, or you forget that's the people's seat. That's not any one person's seat. That's not any uh, party seat. That's the people's seat. Any 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 given election cycle, the people choose who sits there. Yeah. And I firmly believe that. Like when I was in office, there's a lot of people that and people that I'm friends with and that I agree with and politically, but they'll stay at the quorum court for decades. I don't agree with that. I, I don't because either. I'm like I at the most I was gonna stay three terms and then and then move on. So that's just my personal belief. Uh you know, the other people other people have different, you know, ways of looking at it. But when it when it comes to primaries, I hate to see two people I like primary against each other. But primaries on the whole are usually pretty good. Yeah, for I, th- the I think political they're very process. healthy. Yeah, yeah, they're healthy. And and incumbents hate them, you know. But right. I, I yeah. think they're I think they're wonderful, wonderful processes for accountability. To be mm-hmm. quite honest. So yeah, yeah. There's. I mean, it also uh, it 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 gets people engaged. It gets more of the issues out there. Uh, it, it shows who's going to work and really go for it. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why primaries. Yeah, and I think this yeah. this governor's race, uh, we can get into it maybe after the break, but right. there's some uh, national uh, versus state right. dynamics that are going to be fascinating in this governor's race, especially against these two. Right. And not exclude anybody else, but I think those two are the two are the to big. beat. That's interesting. Okay, well, we've got a little less than 30 seconds left before the break, uh, but when we come back, we're definitely going to be talking more about election 2020 on multiple levels yeah it's not just going to be uh the governor's race or anything like that and folks uh, remember call in 501-823-0965 and say something nice to dave ellswick for his 50th anniversary we'll be back on the dave ellswick show yeah i didn't even know that hey we're back on the dave ellswick show Number is 501-823-0965 donnie copeland and i are talking about election 2020 uh, and you're like, why are they talking about it? it's going to come up quicker than you think? Oh, yeah. Be here before you know A it. lot quicker than you think. And there's already people starting to either outright announce or soft announce. A lot of times people say, well, we're kind of looking into it. That's a soft way of, of prepping that an announcement's probably coming. <laughs> Not always, but usually. Uh, and then, you know, we, we learned last or right before the break that, uh, of course, Tim Griffin, Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin, who's a great guy uh it has announced for governor and then also you know donnie shared that uh sarah huckabee is it sarah sanders huckabee sarah huckabee sanders sarah Sarah huckabee has uh is hasn't officially announced but it it seems very likely that she will and then we get i mean i like i like both of them yeah and so we get a primary uh and and we're talking about that you know primaries are kind of hard on one sense because you see two people that either one of them you'd want to support uh they have to run off 
but it's it's healthy for the overall political Absolutely. process, even though if, if the personalities involved sometimes make it hard. So the, Donnie dropped another one on me uh, during the break. This could lead to some very interesting dynamics, given the current social social spectrum, social atmosphere out there. There's Zeitgeist, Zeitgeist, whatever you say it. <laughs> this could lead to some very interesting wind at some people's backs, and this is how I would analyze it. But first, uh, I, I got a message from Ken Yang, Donnie. Yeah. And, and he said, make Donnie announce for office. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we uh, need a constable. Why don't you be constable for, uh, for North Little Rock? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know what to say to that. I'm, I'm not even sure what a constable does. I think I know. but Well, it, it's it's a holdover uh, position. From but, the 1800s. Yeah, it? it's, it technically supports. No disrespect at all yeah, to our constables. No, they're, they're I think some, they do great jo- jobs out in the rural counties, right? Well, they do, but a lot of constables will use it to like go to schools and talk about law enforcement and stuff. But the I actual – now, more rural areas, yes, uh, constables become more important. But here in – uh, Arkansas or here in central Arkansas, I'm not saying it's just an honorary position, but it has less responsibilities than maybe some others. Yeah. So, yeah, but there's big fights over it. I've <laughs> oh, seen yeah. big fight. I don't know if you remember Rick Scott, he, man, he would fight for that constable ship. <laughs> and then he would come in and ask judge Reliance for like a hundred thousand dollars for training. And, and that, that was always fun, you know? And I'm just like, anyway, all right. So, so Ken, I want you to text me again. And tell me what office you want Donnie to no, run let's, for. No, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about more more realistic scenarios. What, can we? Okay, we could do that. I think Donnie's. I, I just watched about five years come off of Donnie's life. Um, so we mentioned. And I don't have that many left. So. Yeah, not a, well. You're still you're still young and spry. Uh, so you still got that twinkle in your eye. So we talked about uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders very likely running for governor. And then you mentioned over the break that it's possible that the current attorney general, Leslie Rutledge, could run for lieutenant governor. Right. Okay, now that's not an official announcement, right? No, it's right? not. But, okay, no. so... And I, that's purely speculation on my part. That's not... Okay, so you haven't even heard rumblings. Well... well okay. Uh, yeah, but... You've heard rumblings that you're putting together as a possible... Correct, okay. correct. Yeah, and there's, of course, uh, uh, Jason Rapert's already announced... Uh, that he's going to run, and then there's for lieutenant governor, right? And there's okay. a couple of more, I believe, at least one senator and uh, a state uh, agency official that's also talking about it. So, if I had, and I don't, you don't have to confirm or deny this. If I had to guess the state official, it would be uh, Alan Kerr, but that's just my off the cuff. Well, I'll tell you this: yeah. uh, it was somebody I. I knew them, but I I did not expect it. It was okay. not a typical. All right. All right. Uh, do you mind if we get back to the twenty twenty governor's race? I, I think there's a. Well, uh, yeah. Well, what I was going to bring out on that, and let's get back to the governor's race, is that if if this is hypothetical, if you had Sarah Huckabee Sanders running for governor, and then you had Le- Leslie Rutledge running for lieutenant governor, given the current zeitgeist out there i i can't help but think that they wouldn't get some girl power votes behind them oh yeah yeah, yeah. i mean and that whether people like that kind of thing or not it would be there well female just from right. just from demographics has right. about a two percent advantage over a male but, but then you but then you take even though they wouldn't be on a ticket together 
like the presidential or vice president, people would see it as a ticket together. Yeah. You got yeah. two women running for the top. Less so in know. Arkansas than a lot yeah. of states that run them as a as a right. pair. Right. Uh, because actually in a lot of states, the, the governor candidate picks his lieutenant right. governor. More like uh, a traditional presidential. Right. And, and that's right. not how ours is set up. And by the way, I think lieutenant governor's uh, office has really been underutilized because, uh, you know, I hear a lot of people say, well, it's just a holding place for if something happens to the governor. But I, I just think there's a lot of opportunity there, but that's another show for another day. I, I think what's dynamic about this race is you've got national money. Tim can, Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin, Tim can access national money, and then he's got this powerful, powerful state organization. Mm-hmm. She's both with her dad. She's both. And, and I'll tell you a quick Mike Huckabee story if we've got him in. I don't know where, how long we are to the break. No, you, you're, you're good. Uh, Go for but it. But I, I tell you a great Mike Huckabee story. Uh, Mike Huckabee has some of the greatest instincts as a local, as a politician uh, of anybody. That's why he was able to do what he did on the national stage. Uh, I don't know that she's quite as gifted as him. Uh, she has that. But I think she has toughness. She has, you know, that still spine. Well, I get um, I, the sense I get off her is bulldog. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's, a bulldog. she's tough. Yeah. Here, here's where I think she's going to attract some some primary voters. Now, I don't think necessarily this is necessarily fair to Tim, but I think we've seen, and, and this is my opinion, okay, uh, like the red flag laws you want, may want to get into, not red flag, but the hate laws, the, hate the governor's laws, hate crime right. laws, mm-hmm. the governor, uh, Medicaid expansion. We could go on and on. All the tax increases. Uh, governor Hutchinson has been a moderate, I would say. He has been you know, very socially conservative, I think uh, moderate to even liberal on tax issues and the like. Well, um, I've heard some people characterize it as he's he's like a Washington Republican. Yeah, he, right? he's, he, I call but him Mitt Romney he, of the South. But he, that's but where he comes just, out of, right? Yeah. He's been in that for right. a long time. My take on the past four years or so is that, or four to eight years since, you know, we had the red wave or whatever you want to call it, the elephant stampede, is socially we've done some pretty conservative stuff yes, in Arkansas. I agree. Uh, economically and otherwise, it's been moderate or worse yeah and and yeah a lot of wind addressing a lot of like changing agencies that's far different from cutting a third or the fourth of the state workforce through attrition not through firing people right but anyway my whole point about the 2020 race is this you have a lot of republicans who feel like uh second amendment issues have not been fully supported by by the I don't even say Republicans government. anymore. I say conservatives. Conservatives. I don't consider myself. I mean, I I'm a either. Republican, but I consider myself a conservative because the Republican Party itself, a lot of times, I'm at odds with. Well, uh, the, the greatest yeah, lesson right. I learned as a legislator right. is it's not Republicans versus Democrat versus Democrats. It's Republicans, Democrats, and special interests versus citizens. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's and that's that's where I got it. on the wrong side of both parties. Well, I remember yeah. you got called in. I'm not going to go into details, but you got called in one time and kind of scolded. And you just went, okay, thank you very much. Is there anything else you want to share with me? And then, you know, it's it's like people, and I'm not tooting your horn. I'm not tooting my horn. I'm just saying there are some politicians, there's some people out there that they, that just, a, you can scold me all you want. And right. it doesn't phase me because I'm not here to please you. Yeah, and I'm right? not trying to you be know? difficult. Right. I'm not trying yeah. to be different. Right. I, I, I was elected by those people. To represent them, right? Not, not you know. And one of the biggest problems I think, and not just in Arkansas, 
but but especially in Arkansas, is the legislative branch thinks they're an extension of the executive branch, and they're not. They're ex, they're a equal uh, branch of government. It's a check and balance, and and yeah. they they don't act that way all the time. Well, that was. I mean, I, I think every level of government has that, that, that has the different branches. Because Pulaski County Quorum Court, I mean, I, I hate, you know, I really don't like to talk in terms of parties versus parties because it leads to a lot of us versus them, which really doesn't help in the long run. Right. But all the Democrats basically seem to be there to, to do the, the judge's uh, agenda. And I'm like, no, you're supposed to check and balance that. He needs to come, he or she, whoever the judge is, needs to come to us and ask permission to do whatever their agenda is, you know, and, and it's, it's really sad when the legislature doesn't see it that way. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, and I think that's in every form of government, right. it's, it's kind of so it's really kind of a social fabric that we follow mm-hmm. the, what we perceive as being the ultimate leader, but that's not why our founders, that's not right. what they put together. But I think that the national versus the state dynamics are going to be powerful because you have a lot of people, conservatives, true conservatives, that are going to look at the last eight years and say, and look at Tim Griffin as an extension. That's not fair to Tim because I I do believe Tim is more conservative than Asa Hutchison. But I think where this may hurt him is he's looked at, uh, and and I know on on private levels he has challenged the governor. They've gone toe-to-toe. I wish for his sake, because I believe he will make a great governor, I wish he would have come out publicly. I know it was smarter those not fights, to. Right. And so because now uh, I believe Sarah Huckabee Sanders is going to come out to the right, and it's going to be hard for him to say, well, you know, I didn't like the gas tax either. I didn't like this tax either. Uh, and what Asa was great at doing, or Governor Hutchinson was great at doing, was lowering taxes in a few key areas than raising taxes and a million others. Yeah. And the net was tax increases. Under a Republican governor, uh, taxes net increased. And that's, that's why, just... Why, why do you want to just say mean stuff to me like that, Donnie? <laughs> why? That just, just hurts my feelings. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, I don't want to forget, you were going to tell a story about Sarah Huckabee. Oh, yeah, about so, Mike Huckabee. Yeah, about yeah. Mike Huckabee. Go ahead and tell your story, and then we'll go to a break after Yeah, this, this is yeah. fascinating. I'm knocking doors in this really exclusive neighborhood of North Little Rock when I'm running for state legislature and this big house and I look it up on my list and it's Mike Huckabee's house. <laughs> well, I think he may have just moved to Florida right. at the time. He may or just was kind of between the two. And so just on a lark, you know, I knock on the door, no one answers. So I write a note and say, Governor Huckabee, you know, I right. came by your house and uh, I'm running for state right. representative and I'd love your support and right. love your help with my campaign financially if you're able right and six weeks later i get a check for five hundred dollars from his pack but i'm telling some friends of mine who are in the legislature when i was elected and one of them was his chief of staff another one was his driver and said we both ran for office and he never gave us a dime (laughs) (laughs) did you leave a note on his door i said did you knock on his door well so and that's a good here's the thing when when i campaigned uh what I would do is I printed up my own brochures and I folded them. And anytime somebody wasn't home, I left a personal note and my phone number and I slid it into the door. And a lot of times you get calls and stuff. Yeah. And even if not, they appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I would, did the same thing. Yeah, I would call people or knock on doors and they'd say, you know what? I don't really support your politics, but your opponent hadn't come by. 
And I really appreciate that you're just trying to talk to me. Yeah. And that stuff goes a long way. It does. People. It does. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. So 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 here's the magic trick. Go if you go leave a note on Mike Huckabee's door. You six weeks money, later, six you get five hundred dollars. Exactly. Is that how it works? Yeah. All right. I'm gonna try that again. Actually, yeah, just, when I leave here, <laughs> just run by. Just thinking of you, little yellow. Imagine sticky. the new people that live there. Yeah. Like, what is this? What no. is this free? Yeah. Uh, I guess we got to send him five hundred dollars. It was part of the deal of buying the house. So, uh, all right, we're gonna get to a break. When we come back, we're gonna keep talking. Like I said, we're charging right along. We're gonna just keep going because there's a lot to unpack and talk about uh, with the upcoming 2020 election. So, you know, and feel free to call 501-823-0965. You can either give your uh, opinion to the engineer and he will pass it on to us, or you can just get on the air. And and do you have a dream candidate? Do you have certain issues or positions that are very important to you? Call 501-823-0965. And don't forget, we're looking for words of thanks and encouragement to Dave Ellswick for his 50th anniversary. We'll be back on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, we're back on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. I'm Shane Stack, setting in for, but never replacing Mr. Ellswick. Call-in number is 501-823-0965. I'm talking with Don, Don, Donnie Copeland. I was going to say Don Ellswick. I don't even know where that came from. Uh, Donnie Copeland, uh, and we're we're just charging right along probably for another hour or so, talking about... uh, election 2020 and we've been talking about the arkansas governor's race i'm sure other stuff will come up please feel free to call in at 501-823-0965 or leave a message on the uh dave ellswick show page there's a post there with the video the live video of the show today and you can leave a comment under that if you have an opinion or have a dream candidate or a or an issue that you care about for 2020 and it could be you know national state local whatever uh we got about five minutes till uh, we have to get to the break. So you had you had mentioned uh, during the break that, that you thought the finances of this of the 2020 Arkansas governor's race would be interesting. So what what exactly did you mean by that? Yeah, I just I think the dynamics, the financing, but also the allegiances uh, between uh, Tim Griffin, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Tim is, you know, comes out of Washington. He was. Uh, you know, a U.S. congressman. He was a staffer up there. Uh, he was a U.S. attorney. So he has a lot of Washington experience. So he has all those ties. So you have people on the national level who give, who don't typically always give heavily to state uh, uh, offices, even governor. Uh, they're going to be torn. You got the president of the United States behind her. So you got the Republican Governor Association trying to decide. Right. That's hard. They'll stay out of the primary, but at the same time, you got all these donors that are trying to, and and make no mistake about it. Don't, here's how donors think. They don't think who has the prettiest hairdo, who, who do I like? It's who's going to win. Special interest always puts their money, just like horse racing on the winning horse. And so whoever's perceived to be the winner, uh, and I, I just think it's fascinating with, with President Trump. Being so effective, yet being such a dividing figure, and and I don't think that's justified. Quite honestly, in my own personal opinion. So say I want to make sure that people hear you right on that. So say that again. He's such a divisive right. figure, uh, but I think rightfully so, as far as I'm concerned, because I think this thing needs to be blown up. You know, here's the thing: he is not beholden to lobby. That's his biggest downfall. Uh, 
as far as they're concerned, it's certainly not mine. His problem is he's not beholden to lobbyists, special interests. Well, he's not part of the system. Right. He's not part of the system. That's why he's so universally hated is because you do have Republicans, Democrats, and lobbyists or special interests that are, you know, don't like right. him. But, but which affects the money that may come the to money people that, that he supports them. or right. that – uh, yeah. So if if Sarah Huckabee Sanders and I don't know what her you know her govern governing philosophy is, but if she is more like him, man, that primary is set up for her because mm-hmm. primaries is the red meat voter. Mm-hmm. That is the conservative well, of the conservative. What, what I say is primaries are the time for idealism. What you want your ultimate like primaries are the time for this is exactly what I want. Once the primary is over and the general election, you got to take some of that and set it aside and go with what you yeah. got, right? You got to take it. But yeah, you can get crazy during a primary. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that talking about divisive figure, figures, what do we got? About a minute there, Zach? Okay. Uh, so give me the break, the little snapping thing about five seconds before. Like talking about Trump, one of the things I'll say about Trump is. I think he can be ridiculously obnoxious at times. Oh, absolutely. But he's also kicked over some stuff that needs to be kicked over. And and there's other stuff he's done that, that I approve of. Yeah. So I people are a mixed bag. People are never all great and all bad. Uh, but it's gotten to the point where people, Trump could sneeze and say, excuse me, and people will find a problem <laughs> with it. He can do no right yeah, you know, no, with a lot of people. So, so true. Yeah. But, but, and I think he genuinely, one of the reasons that I kind of warmed up to him a little bit, he's genuinely against abortion. When he talks about abortion, he seems angry about it. Yeah. So we got to get a break in. We'll be back with more on the Dave Ellswick show. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick show. I'm Shane Stack setting in for, but never replacing Mr. Ellswick. He's off on a super secret mission in his Captain America uniform, punching Nazis in the jaw. Uh, if you didn't hear yesterday's show, Salem celebrated Dave's 50th year in radio. There's balloons, and if you're if you're watching the uh, uh, the live stream on on the Dave Ellswick show on Facebook, you can see balloons and a big 50 year banner. There's a beautiful plaque on the end of the desk here. So uh, the number is five zero one eight two three zero nine six five. And I, I know people are listening because we're getting texts and messages. But I don't know if people are uncomfortable calling in or whatever. You can even just call and talk to Zach or John. Uh, Zach and, and John, I don't know if you know, he's a, he's a new behind-the-scenes guy that is, that is in learning to run the board and, and, and to fly the, the uh, USS Enterprise there with the, with the bridge. So we're, we're glad to have John, and he's jumping right in. Uh, so you can talk to John or Zach. Just call 501-823-0965 and pass a message to uh, – them and they'll read it on air and we'll get it on audio and get it to Dave later. Or you can call and come on air or you can um, post on the Dave Ellswick show. There's a post there that has the video stream of today's show and you can leave a comment there with uh, with a nice message for Dave. He deserves it. He's done a lot for uh, Arkansas politics and national politics and he sacrificed a lot. But uh, let's say something nice for Dave. He, he gets in there and goes to bat on stuff he doesn't have to. But also, we got Donnie Copeland in the uh, studio. And for at least the next hour, we're, we're going to be talking with Donnie. And we're still camping out on the 2020 election. 
We've been talking a lot about the governor's race, and as far as I'm concerned, if there's enough there to go, we'll go another hour on that. But I would also love to hear your opinions, whether you post on Facebook or uh, if you call in at 501-823-0965. Do you have a dream candidate? Do you have a concern? Do you have, you know, right now we're talking about it looks like it's shaping up to be Tim Griffin and Sarah Huckabee Sanders for the governor, right? Do you have an opinion on that? Do you have an opinion on national politics? Whatever. Call in. What we don't want you to do because uh, I've already got a, two messages along these lines, is trying to lobby poor Donnie to run for office again. <laughs> He's been there. He's been in the trenches. But, yeah, so Kenneth Wallace, uh, we all know Kenny. That dude, he's in the trenches. He That's is, a man. hard-working dude. He's a good guy. Yeah, he said he wants you for Justice of the Peace, Mayor, County Judge, et cetera, anything. He just wants you in <laughs> office. But uh, Janet Crow said, I'm not ever voting for an individual simply because uh, he, she is an R. Janet, I agree with that. Absolutely. The R down the line after I've seen what happened after the so-called red wave uh, in Arkansas, and I've especially with the private option, that was a big wake-up moment for me when I saw what happened, like twice with the private option. Not only did they do crazy stuff, but then they doubled down on it, if I remember, and that that really pushed me towards saying I'm a conservative, not necessarily a Republican. Uh, Elizabeth uh, Sadiero said, hey, Shane, hey, Donnie. She's saying, Donnie, it's good to see you back in the studio. Please come around more often. And then uh, the show itself posted call 501-823-0965 and add your voice uh, message about Dave's 50th anniversary. So, you know, and I I can't speak for Dave, but I I would, man, I think you'd be a great guest host. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'd talk to him about that. I think you would do phenomenal. Well, I appreciate it. I, I enjoy it. I always enjoy when I... Get to come by and visit with Dave and the others that he has, and of course with you. So, dude, we, you know what we should do, and I'm not even joking, because it's not hard. Our, me and you should start start now. We should do a podcast covering the 2020 election. Let's do it, and just like once a week, start. Yeah. We'll do it. It's not that hard. Yeah, yeah it's really it. not. Let's do it. Okay, so All we'll right. call it Donnie and Shane Save the Universe. There you go. Yeah, we'll do, I'm not joking. <laughs> I am. We'll do I'm, it. I'm we'll serious. start talking about the 2020 election. And just throw stuff out there. I've thought about doing it just to cover the quorum court because there's not a lot of attention on the quorum court. But, man, I'm so busy. Like, I freak out sometimes. I wake up in the morning. I'm like, I've got to do all this today. But it's stuff I want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and when you're doing things you enjoy, yeah. it, you make the time. So. All right. So me and Donnie are going to start uh, doing uh, 2020 election information. Awesome. And then I'll, I'll talk to Dave and see if he wants to. Have us on every now and then an update. So yeah, I bet I you would go for I it. I love it. All right. Anyway, so back to the 2020 election. What do you What do you want to talk about? Well, I, I'd like to finish up with the the governor's race. And here's a couple of things. I think uh, looking at it, kind of boiling down. There's about 16 counties that, because of the population uh, concentration, of those 16 counties. There's 11 really that are makes or breaks. Uh, Okay, so uh, what can you off the top of your head? Can you? I mean, Pulaski County. Yeah, well, it's it's it's. Uh, I can't, but it's yeah, right. Northwest Arkansas. Uh, those four or five Washington Benton County. Uh, there, uh, you've got Saline, Pulaski. Uh, really, the the second district uh, is is you take all what is it six or eight of those, mm-hmm. then you take uh, four or five up in you got Pope County. Uh, you've got. Uh, uh, Fort Smith. I'm trying and just there's people that can just rattle this stuff off, and I'm I'm not that good. Uh, then you go over to Jonesboro to Northeast Arkansas. Uh, really, you take those population centers, uh, 
that's where the that's really where the the race is. And a lot of this is uh, the other stuff is ancillary. Sorry, I accidentally turned my laptop. Off. That's okay, no problem. Yeah, like so hitting buttons to kill that. So here, here's uh, yeah. the here's the uh, here's the question. I think you have to ask yourself, and I think this is what Tim is uh, Tim is really thinking about. And mm-hmm. and, and I you know I talk to him very rarely. Uh, great guy, been a great friend. Uh, give me some great and, and let's say it again i mean you and i both have a lot of respect for tim yeah i do i and, have tremendous respect if tim was governor i would feel much better than than when asa hutchinson I, I think tim will actually be a conservative governor and asa has not been and you, know, and you know one of the things you highlighted was that behind closed doors as they've had the mature way of doing things were they've had behind closed doors arguments. Yeah, I don't know that it's always been real mature. Well, but. what I'm saying is they kept it behind closed doors. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And Tim and has been gone, very respectful. Right. And, but that might hurt him because people don't realize that he's not in lockstep. Yeah, always. And, yeah. Okay. And, and I, and I understand it because I mean, he's super, super disciplined. He's super smart. Uh, the first person I ever talked to Dennis Milligan was the first person I ever talked to about uh, Arkansas politics I caught Cole called him. He was in an airport and somewhere. Second person I ever talked to was Tim Griffin in his office over on Cottondale. You were really uh, good about just calling people. I remember you would just. I like, saw him. In, would, I saw his picture in the paper. And you call people. I called yeah. him and said, "Would you sit down with me?" Yeah, and he yeah. did. He you was were really good about. I mean, that. just yeah. just invited me over, and so you know, I'll never forget that that he gave me his time. But my point being, when he didn't challenge the governor publicly, which was smart, by the way, uh, because I mean. Any other time, he would have just walked right in. But here's the thing. Uh, Donald Trump is a disruptor. And if people in the Republican primary look at Sarah Huckabee Sanders as a disruptor, then I think it could be be competitive. Uh, Well, I think they will look at her that way. Yeah, yeah, I I do. Uh, Unless for some reason she tries to present herself otherwise. Right. And I I think Tim, you know— Tim is, you know, is a military guy. He's 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 done all the right things. I just think it's going to be fascinating. Uh, uh, she's a female, so I think she gets that's going to whether people like it or not. That will factor. Well, it's just demographics. Yeah. It has nothing to do with her sex. Right. It's that you know, there's just more females than male voters, and she's going to. That's going to give her a couple of points. I, I don't know. I, I can see it being razor thin, and I can see because Tim is so disciplined and smart. Well, um, he's also not gonna. He's gonna campaign hard. Oh yeah, you know, there's no be harder the, worker. He'll than be him. the. What do you call it? And I'm not saying he's a Chicago politician. I don't mean that by this. But he'll be the iron fist in a velvet glove. He'll be polite and friendly, but he will campaign real hard. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there's not. He's any. not just gonna roll over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I think the biggest question is if you look at it, Mike Huckabee started the turn of the tide, really way ahead of the tide here in this state. So he's very well respected. He's very loved. Uh, what does that get him, get her, uh, his daughter? A lot. Uh, and, and I think it does. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be one of the. It'll be one of the most fascinating uh, races in the in the nation. And then it's going to be on the national stage because of Donald Trump mm-hmm. uh, and her being. Well, his he's already press verbally secretary. said. Yeah. I he basically said I support her because he said she'll run and win, uh, and Trump. He still pulls big, 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 big crowds. He's got a lot more support out there than the average person realizes. And he's going to come here for her. Yeah. You know, here's the only problem is, uh, you know, 
he can't spend a lot of time here because he's already got the state. Right. So if he comes here, it's strictly for her. It's not right. for right for votes. And a, lot, and a lot of people don't understand that. And I, it used to bug me when people campaigned on that sort of emotionless level, like I've already got Arkansas, so I can't go there. There's certain political realities you have to deal with. And if you want to win, it's just like any war. It's a it's a non bloody war. It's a non bloody transfer of power or protection of power. You got to focus resources where it'll make a difference. Yeah, so like sending a yep. bunch of men to yep. a, a, a area that you already have won. Right. Yeah, you, you send know. reinforcements to a secure base. Why right. would you do that? And, and, and then you're fighting for your life right. over here at another. Area. I, yeah, I don't think it, people understand how hard it is to reach because the 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 primary is about securing your base. The the general election is about winning the moderates, usually winning the people who are undecided. Uh, and, and so that's why you see so much craziness. And so you're like, well, they're in Iowa for five times now, you know. Um, so I don't what did you hear about this? The other there was some was it the New York mayor presidential hopeful showed up somewhere out in the middle of like. Uh, 15. 15 people showed up. <laughs> well, he probably had eight people with him, so yeah. does that count them? Yeah, they counted them. You know, Blasio? They did. Yeah, de Blasio. De Blasio. All right, we're about to get to a break. When we come back, what's the next thing you want to talk about? Yeah, we can keep talking about talk governor's race. the lieutenant governor's Let's race, do, if you like. I want to talk about the lieutenant governor's race, and I also want to talk about why it's important. Yeah. Because a lot of people do blow it off. Yeah. Uh, but it's it, there are... There's ways it's very important. So I agree. Yeah, when we come back, we're going to talk about the lieutenant governor's race. Love to hear from you either on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show Facebook page or uh, 501-823-0965. Hey, we're back on the Dave Ellswick Show, 501-823-0965. Really encouraging calls today. Uh, one, to you could just call in and say something nice to Dave for his 50th radio anniversary, and we'll record that off of the uh, off the stream today and, and give that to him. You could even just give that message to uh, John, who's working the, the board right now, uh, or you could post on the Dave Ellswick Show Facebook page. But I'm, I'm setting in for guest hosting Mr. Ellswick, and uh, we are talking, uh, Donnie Copeland and I are talking about the 2020 election. And yes, believe it or not, we've already been going like an hour, over an hour now, Donnie, and we've we still got plenty of ground we could cover <laughs> and we could go all day on this uh, and it's and it's over a year out you know yeah. uh before we get started and yeah. ken made a great point we've right. been saying 2020 the actual election is 2022 yeah but people will start announcing yeah in 2020, uh, yeah so. let me yeah let me so clarify I, I apologize. that thank you ken for yeah let uh, me let me because i had in my mind 2022 for the election yeah. so it's it's Quite a well, ways there'll off, be some. Uh, there'll be some. There'll uh, be some stuff in the twenty twenty. Yeah, there'll be some uh, midterm yeah. stuff. Yeah, there'll know, be midterm. Yeah, let's clarify that. I'll I'll clarify that. So, it, in twenty twenty, stuff's going to start heating up, and there will be some elections. Uh, the elections that a lot of people consider the critical stuff is twenty twenty two. So that's a great right. point. Thanks, yeah. Ken. And and Ken, no. Donnie's not running for anything. <laughs> He's just causing trouble. Anyway. Yeah, he is. Hey, Ken, what are you running for? How do you like that? Right. Yeah. So uh, we love Ken Yang. Um, great guy. Yeah, great guy. So that was another thing. Like, Ken, uh, I can't remember who he primaried. That, that was another perfect example of a primary. They're like, ah, oh, primaries are good for politics, but I hate to see those two. You Andrea, know? she's the, she's the, what is she? The tre- not treasure, that's Dennis Milligan. Yeah, I'd have to look uh, it up. Ken, tell us. I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was a legislator. I remember, but uh, yeah, and it and probably yeah. insulting her. I don't know what she's. Well, we'll look her up. 
So anyway, yeah. So we can't remember everything. I know our, Ken Yang. I don't. Yeah, because I voted for him. Our anyway. uh, our uh, what do you call it? Uh, warranty starting to run out, Donnie. <laughs> Uh, Lieutenant Governor, is that what we want to talk about? I love that. See, this is perfect. We're going to do a podcast. We're going to go, who's the We're talking about presidential election in 2020. The presidential election. Who's going to be dog catcher? Okay. Uh, all right, let's talk. First, to set the stage on Lieutenant Governor, a lot of people uh, kind of wave off the Lieutenant Governor as it's not important. It is important on a couple of very objective reasons. One, depending on, it's one of the seven uh, uh, constitutional, constitutional yeah. offices, uh, includes governor, uh, lieutenant governor, uh, see uh, commissioner of lands. There's seven of them. Treasurer. Treasurer. Auditor. auditor. Did we say lieutenant governor already? We did say lieutenant. And whoever, whichever party has the majority of those, then the election commissions throughout the state have the majority. Right. So like if you have a if if you have a majority if the Republicans have the majority of the constitutional offices, then every election commission in Arkansas that and that involves like gerrymandering issues and stuff like that will will have that party as the majority representation on the election commission. So that's very important. Yeah it is. Every level, a lot of shenanigans go on at the quote-unquote unimportant level where no one's paying attention, uh, including quorum courts, which is my personal thing I like to talk about. There's another reason it's important. When the governor is out of town, the lieutenant governor assumes leadership. I think that's changed. Has it changed? Yeah, that has changed. Okay, lay that on me. Yeah, Yeah. uh, that that changed, I think, in the last legislative session, if not the one before, uh, they, they, they did change that. Uh, however, if something were to happen to the to the uh, to the governor, and on a more positive note, let's say an Arkansas has a history of this, uh, that governors do really well nationally uh, for some reason. I think there are some some valid reasons, uh, and and some of that is because we're not, and I think that's one that that will work to Tim's favor in, for governor. We've been a democratic a Democrat state for so long. We're we are deep red as far as uh, voting, but I think when it comes to true conservatism, I think we're more Republican than we are conservative. I agree. With and, that. and the reason I say that is because uh, we we've allowed so many things to well, happen. It's obje- I mean, I could prove it. I could show it. You know, in the past several years, stuff that's happening that say that is not fiscally conservative. I'm sorry, it's just not. No, I yeah, mean, yeah. You know, and we've they, seen that you know, repeatedly, right? Uh, and you know, a lot of this is people. It takes people a while to get a belly full, and we saw that nationally with Donald Trump. So maybe this is that time where Republicans have been in office, and a lot of times when you haven't been in office for a hundred years, you don't know how to be conservative. Right? Uh, you know, you're practicing. So uh, it was Andrea Lee, uh, Ken, yeah. for me was the right or is the state. Yeah, author. I knew that, Ken. <laughs> I was just seeing if you did. Knew who your opponent was. <laughs> I just want to make sure, Ken. <laughs> but uh, so, and I think she's—I think she's maybe uh, 2020. She's actually uh, going to be uh, term limited there. So in 2020, 20, or, okay, 2022. Well, now are the are the constitutional offices staggered? 
so that there's they they alternate that every two years or are they all up for grabs in the same election cycle but that i, I think they're all up for grabs in the same I, election cycle yeah i think so. okay I, i'm not sure i, okay. I thought they were staggered but i, I, I don't know we wrong. can look it up uh, anybody out there know well i know that for our sure. podcast well, is gonna rock dude i don't know <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> we have no idea what we're talking about but we we like to talk about it uh so well let's think back john thurston uh has and tommy land is now the commissioner of lands uh john thurston is now secretary of state and so uh that will be up for re-election in 2022 so yeah those yeah, it's, will, it's all up for grabs they're all up for in the same, same election yeah you know mm, interesting i could see arguments both ways for staggering it or keeping it on the same uh year uh, same election year anyway when we get back we're about to cut to a break when we get back uh we're going to be talking about the, the potential lieutenant governor's race in 2022. 2022. But steps are heating up in 2020. So anyway, how, how much time we got left there, John? Zero? 30? All right, 30 seconds. So uh, anyway, folks, remember, I, I, I think this is a really important day for folks to call in. Uh, 501-823-0965. Love to hear your thoughts on all this. And I hope that you're just blown away at this sneak preview of, of our uh political podcast that's just spot on the money spot on all right we're going to get to a break we'll be back here in a minute on the dave ellswick show (laughs) hey this is shane stack setting in for but never replacing mr ellswick welcome back to the dave ellswick show it is 335 in the in the capital city central arkansas pretty nice out there i heard it was supposed to get up to 97 i don't know what the temperature is right now but uh I'm ready for some. I discovered the great indoors during Arkansas summers, Donnie. Uh, I'm a beach at night guy. I'm not a go to the lake in the in the in the scorching heat uh, kind of guy. So I'm ready. And this summer has been kind of mild, for which I'm thankful. Uh, it took a while to really get hot, but I'm already ready for it to kind of <laughs> cool again, man. So, uh, folks, we're talking with Donnie uh, probably at least through four o'clock about the uh, 2022 election. Uh, we, we got we got a special update from Ken Yang on that, and uh, but but there is there are midterms in 2020, and there will be a lot of announcements for 2022. So we've been right. calling it the 2020 show, uh, 2020 election show. We're talking about the lieutenant governor. We talked before the break that one of the important things about the lieutenant governor is that it's one of the constitutional offices, and whichever party uh, has the majority of that uh, that can have consequences throughout the rest of the state on election commissions and other things. If something, goodness forbid, happened to the sitting governor, that's your next governor, is succession, right? Right. Right. And then they also oversee, um, is it the House they oversee? Senate. Senate. They Mm -hmm. oversee the Senate. And if there's a tie, they can be the deciding vote. Uh, and they're also responsibility for maintaining order in the Senate, right? They're, they're, you know, they're making, I mean, they're making sure that the rules of order. Yeah, yeah, they chair it. Pro Tem does the, the... Right. Kind of does the speaker work right. that the House okay. uh, does. The speaker does in the House. The pro tem does right. in the Senate. But the uh, the lieutenant governor presides, just like the vice president does over right. the the, the uh, Senate. So the lieutenant governor is more important than some people are like, we need to get rid of it, but let's just capture it to capture it kind of thing, almost like it's playing a game, a board game. Um, but it, it's actually more important than that. Plus, you know, the lieutenant governor – hopefully we'll have whether the governor agrees with them or not has their ear they can discuss things uh, and and any any p- 
position of that level, you have the bully pulpit. Yeah, and they, I, you know, I, I yeah. think that's a great point. I think yeah. I think where that office, I see it personally as being a place where we could get really innovative and creative and come up with ideas. And let me make sure I I clarify this to cut government. I think there's you could constantly look at ways. Uh, let that office just its staff look at ways constantly how and rep, and and suggest those or offer those to the, right. the legislative bodies how to cut government. I think that's the biggest area. The second area I think it could be great in uh, is as a inlet for citizens because the that capital is the people's mm-hmm. building, mm-hmm. and let that be a place where if somebody has an issue. They could go there and get get direction, but uh, we're seeing right now six to eight people. Uh, uh, Jason Rayford's already uh, announced uh, there. So he's formally announced. Yeah, he's formally announced. Okay. The, then there's. Uh, I, I'm just speculating here, but I think if Leslie Rutledge wants to be governor one day, uh, I think it'd be natural for her to. To probably and run, there, and there, and this is not official, but I guess there's just, yeah, whis- just whispers just, in the wind that it's a possibility, right? Possibility, right. and I've not right. spoken to her, don't don't know her, uh, and don't know any of her people. Now I used to know some people that were in her office, um, and then uh, there are at least four. There's one or two state representatives that have mentioned it, uh, not to me personally, but their names have been sure. bantered enough to know it's pretty. Uh, pretty uh reliable and then there are four three or four uh sitting senators not uh including jason rapert uh that have mentioned one female one that was quite high up there in the senate um and then there's even i've heard talk of maybe a party official uh who's not in the legislative body or at state government level but it's a party official that's uh considering it so it's uh so I think it could be six to eight. It could be up to yeah. ten people. You know, I it, and it kind of comes back in about eight years ago. Was it eight years ago? Ten years ago, I think in two thousand nine. You remember when we had like ten people running for governor or something? They were running that crazy straw poll down at the. There was a big rally at the par, at the Capitol, and it was like the, watching some of the presidential elections here lately. Where it was, just, I don't guess I remember. I, you know, there was, I remember there was a lieutenant lot. governor in twenty ten. Is that what it was? Yeah, was and, lieutenant governor. I remember yeah. there was a huge. Yeah, so it had been twenty ten. Was it the twenty ten uh, when they yeah. held? So um, yeah, so you just get these huge primaries, which which are good because they get people paying attention to politics yeah. and the issues. I'm I've gotten to where now the right person in office is important, but. Having been in office, and and Donnie, you having been in office, we've both done some legislature work. I did on the county level. You've done on the on the state level. You're you do have some powers, but you're not as in some ways you're limited. Yeah. Whereas if you're just out there trying to raise awareness of issues, you feel much freer, don't you? Right. Well, and you know you could just you could. uh, I I don't know. I felt like that I became eighty percent bean counter. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what you're doing. You're making sure the resources of whatever uh, the state or the cov- the government or the county or whatever are spent wise. And, you know, you agree on 90 percent of stuff with everybody. But it's like 10 percent of the stuff where the where the arguments happen right? yeah. or, or the debates. But for the most part, you know, you kind of agree. So you 
you, you do this big fired up campaign to get in office and then you get in office and you got to kind of dial that down a little bit. You know, you can't just like people told me they were like, man, I wish you were my JP because you're always blah, blah, blah. I didn't affect a lot of change on the quorum court. I made noise. But yeah. I didn't actually Not build consensus. Yeah. I didn't build consensus. So it, anyway, the point is a raising awareness of issues to voters is very important on more than just a superficial soundbite level. And primaries can help that happen because you got all these different people trying to distinguish. This is my pet thing I'm going after. So if I had to guess, and I do not want you to confirm because you may not even know, but if I had to guess and folks, this is me speculating. This is me ESPN sports center speculating (laughs) where so-and-so is going to go next year. Uh, I would, I would guess that one of those senators would be Jane English and the party official would be Doyle Webb, if I had to guess. But I don't confirm or deny because we're yeah. not you I, I to, can, I can, yeah. I've not heard Jane English's okay. name. Okay, all so, right. So that's uh, fair to say it's not Jane English. <laughs> yeah, because uh, she I, seemed I, pretty ambitious for a while. Yeah, yeah. and I think she's you know I, I think uh, I think she's pretty dialed in to yeah. her, her. She's running again for the Senate there she, in, okay. in her uh, district. So there in Sherwood, North Little Rock. Um, so I, I think you know I think that lieutenant governor's race. I think the uh, you're going to have uh, the uh, secretary. I mean the treasurer is is going to be. I believe in 2022 is going to be uh, uh, open. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I may be wrong there, uh, but I think I'm right. And then uh, the uh, secretary of state, of course, will be an incumbent. Um, and then you'll have because uh, uh, the first term. So it is staggered because maybe I don't know. I, I don't know. I th- I'm pretty sure it's the same. I, I think you're know. right. I think it is. Yeah, dude. When we do our, it's going to be Abbott and Costello meets politics. Well, <laughs> and the reason I'm reason I'm because I'm thinking Dennis Milligan. Yeah. Uh, terms out Does in he? 22, uh, but that'll only be the, uh, uh, John Thurston will be going into his. We we need Ken Yang to call in. We, we need Ken. Ken, he knows it all. Call so. in, man. <laughs> call in. Come by the studio. I don't care. Ken Yang, five zero one eight two three zero nine. I haven't talked to Ken in forever. Yeah, I wonder talk. if his parents still have that. Ken, call in and plug your parents' Chinese restaurant, man. I think so. I think yeah. they. I think that's a good place. Plug to it. I've got Celine a couple County, meetings right? there. Yeah, yeah. Benton or Brian. Dude, or Ken Yang. People need to meet him. They talk about. Uh, and I'm derailing a little bit, but you know that's what I do. Uh, the difference between illegal immigration and immigration, Ken Yang and his parents are a perfect example of that. They've, they've tried to change the term to immigration means illegal immigration, and it doesn't because everyone's like, you hate immigrants. No, I don't. I love immigrants. You come in, you go through the process, you come in and you plug into the community and you work hard, and that's exactly what Ken Yang's family did. Yeah, phenomenal And, story. and I, I, I'll pom-pom. I'll yeah. take pom-poms and cheer Absolutely. that kind of immigration all day long. But don't sit here and tell me that illegal immigration is the same as immigration. No. They're trying to change the language there. So, hey, John, I see, is there somebody on the line are y'all talking to, or who we got? I think we got somebody on the line. All right. Uh, so we got Dave's niece who wants to congratulate Dave uh, welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show, and, and is it Dave Ann? What, what is the name? Yes, sir, it's Dave Ann. Okay, well, hey, Dave Ann. So you're Dave's niece, so he's literally your dirty old uncle. Uh, I always think of he's, he's the, my favorite dirty old uncle who's also a completely committed Christian. So tell us a little bit about Dave. 
Um, it's been a while since I've actually got to visit with my uncle, but um, he is just one of the most outstanding people that you could ever know or meet. And to be able to wish him uh, just a huge congratulations on 50 years in radio uh, is I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, he is an amazingly um, godly man, and to be able to keep up um, through social media with him and to see his family uh, is just, if you've never met him, if you get the chance, meet him because he's just just an awesome guy. Well, and he's still, he's got, he's, he's, he's always good natured. He's always laughing, but he's doing stuff that's very important to help people. I'll tell you, Dave Ann, your uncle, uh, my life is different for the better because of your uncle. And I know a lot of other people's is too. So uh, did you have anything else you wanted to share? We've got a couple other callers lined up, but you're welcome to uh, to add more if you'd like, Dave Ann. No, just a congratulations on the 50 years, Uncle Dave, that um, here's to at least 50 more. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Dave Ann. Okay, it looks like we have a couple other callers uh, waiting to talk, but we will definitely make sure that this audio makes it to Uncle Dave. All right, so it looks like we got Ken Yang and somebody else. Who all we got there? I know we got Ken Yang and, some, and then Alan Kerr. So uh, are they talking about the same thing or different? Alan Kerr is probably talking about you saying his name. <laughs> yeah, probably. Let's just bring them both on. Ken Yang, Alan Kerr, jump on in here. Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Welcome back. What's up, guys? Uh, hey, thank you. Me? Yeah, you got. I've got Ken and Alan at the same time because we're coming up on a Oh, break. my God. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so what's up, guys? Well, I, we just want to kind of give you some information on these elections. Y'all are all over the map here, so dear God. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we've already decided to call our podcast Abbott and Costello Meet Politics. So, uh, Well, you might as well, because and, and Ken can correct me, but uh, uh, I'm, uh, all these constitutional offices, yes, they are up for election at the very same That's time. They're not okay. staggered at all. Yeah, And uh, the only reason why Secretary of State and uh, – uh, what's the other one? Um, land commissioner. Land commissioner, yes, sir. Thank you. Um, those two won before the uh, the red wave, and uh, they were in that cycle just before right. that. And then, uh, uh, so those two are going to be if if they get reelected and so forth, they they are going to be kind of staggered off. That's okay. Uh, as far as their their term limits go. But, I, think, uh, uh, I think Alan and I need to be the one that does the, the uh, podcast. podcast. Well, we'll be the comic <laughs> relief. Hey, I'll tell you what. Can, are you guys up for hanging through the break? Because I'd love to have sure. y'all. Okay, is it? Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah y'all, we're going to get to a break. We come back. I, I want y'all to to keep because we got to be set straight. We're the, we're the monkeys banging on the typewriters in here. So, all right, guys. Thanks for calling in. We're going to come back talk more about election twenty twenty two. Uh, that that but there will be the midterms in 2020, <laughs> and then uh, we're going to have Ken Yang, and then also insurance. You're the I uh, just want to make sure insurance commissioner, right, Alan? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, back when we come back on the break, I got that one right. <laughs> Put the check mark in there. Uh, when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show here, 101.1 FM. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Jane Stack, sitting in for, but never replacing. Mr. Ellswick, joined by Donnie Copeland, and we've been talking uh, for the past couple of hours about uh, upcoming elections and speculation, and 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 we were we were going to talk about national, and but we've ended up focusing on state, which is fine. Uh, but just to remind, most of the the stuff that's going to happen on the state level is 2022, and announcements will start happening 
in 2020, but the next presidential election is 2020. So the next big election cycle is 2020. So anyway, we've got Alan Kerr on the line, uh, who's the uh, state insurance commissioner. Ken Yang is on the line. uh, And I believe that we're going to be talking. uh, We're going to get their perspective on some stuff. So they held through for the break. Thank you very much. So, uh, Ken, Alan, uh, I'll start with Alan. Alan, did you what? Do you have anything you want to talk about or add for the upcoming elections? Uh, no, no. Just trying to, you know, as far as logistics go, uh, you're you're right. The uh, um, treasurer's coming up, uh, auditors coming up. Those two are term limited out. Okay. And what they're going to do from here on out, I I don't have a clue. Um, those two seats will be open and probably. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, like the Lieutenant Governor spot, there's going to be, um, you know, probably a lot of folks in the in the primary uh, vying for that for those seats. All right. Well, uh, and just to clarify, because Donnie and I were talking over the break, and I think we heard two different things uh, that you that you explained to us right before we went to the break. All seven constitutional offices are up for grabs in the same year or two of them yes. staggered okay they are so no. okay if yeah. just no, when they were elected right, right okay but they're turning it all limiting. depends on when they're right. elected and yeah. they and if they're re-elected so are there you any know, other consequences i'm sorry i talked over you alan go ahead no that's okay yeah. go ahead are there any i know one of the main consequences for the party that holds the majority of the constitutional offices is that the election commissions throughout the state are affected are there any other redistricting yeah is there is there any other major political effect from having the majority of constitutional offices that you know of? Nothing I know of. Uh, like Ken said, the redistricting is a big big deal that's coming up, and uh, that'll be interesting to watch. But um, um, yeah, just just the, um, the election commissions uh, means that that you get uh, the majority party gets gets two uh, members there in each county, whereas the minority party only gets one on that on that commission. All right, fantastic, uh, Ken. Uh, I know you've been you've been hanging in there. Would you have anything else you want to add? Are you going to announce, Ken? Are you announcing anything today? <laughs> I, I'm not announcing anything today. I've uh, uh, media's called and asked, and you know, I've, I've said I'll take a real strong look at. Are you forming? For are you forming an exploratory committee? Oh, no, I think forming exploratory committees in Arkansas is like the silliest thing. Yeah. Uh, ever. Well, you know, he, uh, he's probably exploring an exploratory committee. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna form a commission to review the feasibility of a commission. So there you go. Yeah. So, so Ken, I think I'm allowed to do this. Throw out a free plug. Is your are do your restaurants or your uh, parents still running that restaurant? No, actually, um, they retired after 34 years wow. in business uh, this past October. And, you know, my dad said he wanted to be able to enjoy uh, what's left of his life, is how yep. he put it. Um, but, you know, they immigrated here in uh, the early 80s, I believe, in 83. And, you know, they've been working ever since. And, uh, you know, um, I'll. I'm happy for them that they got they're getting to enjoy retirement, getting to travel a little, and getting to actually see America. That's awesome. That is great. I mean, they're reaping the benefits of their hard work. So I want to uh, since I'm going to work till I'm till I'm gone, guys. That's yeah. just the way it's going to be. <laughs> well, you you love spreadsheets, Alan. You you love them spreadsheets. I do. Yeah. So I'm a spreadsheet guy. I'm going to brag on Alan real quick. I've, I tell the story every now and then whenever I get the opportunity. 
Alan and I were both JPs, not at the same time, but we've both been JPs, Justice Peace on the Pulaski County Quorum Court. And Alan's a numbers guy. He's the perfect guy to be in the insurance commission or anything to do with uh, fiscal areas of government. When he was a JP, he started looking at the numbers of the budget, and he figured out that uh, a county, a major county employee was embezzling, and 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 that guy went to the Hooskow. So yes, he did. Yeah, that stuff. So wow. yeah, and I mean, you got to pay attention wow. to every level of government. So luckily, the person that was in that position when I was a JP was great. But Alan actually, I mean, it's like, you know, tonight on the PBS Mysteries, Alan Kerr in the case of the spreadsheet. So uh, anyway, guys, we're about to get to a break. I really appreciate y'all calling in, uh, you know, as as we had our our major political discussion today. (laughs) Raised some awareness and got some speculation. It sounds like it's going to be another interesting election cycle, guys. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Yes. Uh, How much time we got there, John? 30 a minute we got one minute okay so when we come back uh donnie and i are going to switch gears a little bit and talk about uh i guess the governor uh, last last week mentioned two or i don't think anything's officially moved forward but evidently the governor last week mentioned two or three times something about hate crimes legislation yeah and he didn't float that out there for nothing for nothing right Right. so i I, we're going to talk about that uh, I think Donnie's going to hang out with us till 4.30. And after that, I'm going to have some Pulaski County Quorum Court news uh, involving the jail and also wa- taxes that Walmart is paying. And then from 5 to 6, we're going to have Earthworm Jim creator Doug Tin Naple. But he's super conservative, super fascinating guy. And we're going to be talking about G.K. Chesterton and some other things. So make sure to pay attention. Call in 501-823-0965. Love to hear your kind words for Dave Ellswick on his 50th anniversary. And also, any thoughts you have on any of the stuff we're talking about. Or if you need to correct us. Whatever. <laughs> Which is highly likely. Yeah, right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 101.1 FM, The Answer. <laughs> hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. We are now in the 4 o'clock hour. Already, I can't believe it. You know, Donnie, I love it when you when you're just chatting. And that time flies. There's time and then there's radio time. So I don't know. Was is was your mic on? I didn't hear you there through my headphones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah now it is. All right. Yeah. yeah flies. Time flies. You know. Plus you and I. You know. We. I guess we like each other. So it's just <laughs> it's just chatting. It's easy, yeah. 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 So um, you know, and we're gonna put together our our hard hitting, thoroughly vetted, researched politics podcast with the help of Alan. Yeah. Kerr with help and, and Ken Yang. Yeah. So <laughs> they should be our first two guests. They should. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I, I didn't want to say anything when yeah. they were on the phone because, yeah, go ahead. uh, but you know, you hear all kind of stuff, but you know, some, some more of those down ballot, um, races is, and I'd heard this actually several months ago about AG with, uh, Leslie Rutledge being termed limited out. Ballinger was looking to, to run there, uh, the uh, sitting state senator who beat Brian King. I'd love to see Brian King get back in that office, by the way. Uh, don't know if he would do that, talking about senator. And then Jimmy Gasaway out of northeast Arkansas, who I know personally. I'm not familiar with that Great, name, great yeah. guy. He's a state representative uh, there in uh, from from uh, the Jonesboro, I think Pocahontas or Paragould right. well, area. Me, and, and we're going to talk about, you're saying you got, you got a couple of speculative thoughts that you want to share. But I want to give you credit. You were the first person I heard about Tom Cotton from. 
really? You told me about like Tom Cotton like a year before he ever came on the scene. You're like, man, I'm talking to this dude. He is sharp. So his name's Tom Cotton. Did it. And next thing I know, like a year or two later, he's he's running and gunning. Yeah, I'm sitting in a coffee yeah. shop talking with a political operative, and he said, man, there's a guy named Tom Cotton who's graduated from West Point. He's in the Army right now. Actually, I think he was in uh, – he was – He was like Special Forces, wasn't right. he? Right. Yeah. But I yeah. think at this time, the guy was telling me he was actually working for uh, – one of the big companies, right. uh, uh, one of the one of the big three accounting firms or whatever, right. and uh, he said, "Man, keep eye on this guy." I said he's going to be president one day, mm. but he's going to be a senator in Arkansas mm. soon. And I mean, that's before he ran for Congress. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yep. anyway, yep. now he's uh, strong. Anyway, so I just want to let you know that, like you, you got your ear to the ground. So <laughs> you're like this dude out and out. Who was the other guy? Gazaway was Gazaway. Jimmy Gazaway, okay. great guy. I, I'd right. love to see Jimmy be attorney general i think he would he would uh represent us well okay uh you know and again uh andrea lee is is terming out uh and i've heard some uh you know and i hadn't ken and i are close friends i hadn't asked him directly but uh I, i'd love to see him run and I, I i'm hoping he will and i've i've heard some rumors that he may for uh for auditor auditor yeah okay. and then for treasurer i've heard a couple of different things there and I think there will be several, but uh, one of the guys that called in, I think Alan Kerr would be phenomenal yeah. there. I, uh, I think that I would love to see both Alan – I know them personally. You get – like when you get into politics and, and you go through a couple of campaigns, you get to know people. Yeah. You know, and I think they're both great guys, and I'd like to see them What uh, I love about both continue. of those guys, they're both yeah. very smart. Right. Ken's story is phenomenal. And then, you know, you got Alan who's had legislative experience. He's had – uh, JP experience, and you heard him on the radio. He, I mean, the guy sounds presidential. He knows I mean, his he's, stuff. He knows yeah. his stuff. He's very yeah. well read, and uh, I mean, they let us know that the elections in twenty twenty two instead yeah. of twenty twenty. Well, so. now, but to be fair, we knew that. The, yeah. No, well, no. To be fair, <laughs> the next big general election is twenty twenty. Yeah, right, right. right but yeah. we ended up we ended up camping on Arkansas, and we kept yeah. calling it the twenty twenty election. So, yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, what we're, we'll be the we'll, our podcast will be the one that people listen to to see what we got wrong, and yeah. there'll be prizes based on it. Yeah, so, yeah. But no, I would love to. Hey, see we'll it. give them scoops though because I've I've got and a it. scoop right now and I can't tell it. But there's a uh, and it's it's going to be a shocker. This is 2020. Yeah. There's a young guy that's going to run for the state house. And this guy's a superstar. I mean, yeah. you keep your eye on him. Well, that's what you told me about Cotton. Yeah. So I believe. I hey, believe there's a guy going to run. In fact, I've 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 you know just I I, I know. Yeah. And so. Uh, a lot of good stuff. So we'll we'll we may not get the dates right, but we'll have some yeah. good information for them. Well, you know, <laughs> it's horseshoes and hand grenades, right? Uh, so I, I never claim to be the smartest, yeah. sharpest knife in the I drawer. Love that. So. I was like, good grief, good straight Lord. you guys out. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, anybody could call in five zero one eight two three zero nine six five. That's five zero one eight two three zero nine six five. Love to hear from people today uh, with words of kindness and encouragement or thanks to Dave Ellswick. Uh, for 50 years in radio and then also anything politics elections uh, whether it's 2020 or 2022 whatever uh, or uh, the stuff we're about to talk about about the the hate crime so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read an article from the AP uh, and we'll go to break and when we get back we're gonna we're gonna share our thoughts on hate crimes legislation and I'm not gonna I'm not going to tell you what our thoughts are yet, but it sounds like Donnie and I are on the same page on on what we feel about uh, hate crimes legislation. So there's a AP story from August 6, 2019. The byline is Andrew 
DeMillo, and the headline is Arkansas Governor Says State Needs Hate Crime Law. So before I go into this article anymore, a hate crime law usually means you're going to pass a law and and you're going to make a certain type of person part, part of the population or a type of crime against a certain type of person, you give it special protections. Okay, so that's that's usually what it means. Would you agree with that definition? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right, so... Little Rock, Arkansas, AP, Arkansas should have harsher penalties for those who commit crimes against others because of their race, ethnicity, or religion, the governor said Tuesday, following two mass shootings, including one in Texas, being investigated as a possible hate crime. Governor Asa Hutchinson said that he wants to end Arkansas's distinction as one of only a handful of states without a hate crimes law. Hutchinson called for the legislation days after 22 people were killed at a Walmart in El Paso. El Paso's police chief said that has said investigators believe the suspected gunman posted an anti-immigrant screed online shortly before the attack. And just if you don't a screed, I don't know why they use screed. There a manifesto or might be better, but it's usually a an emotional uh, uh, statement against something or for some kind of you know policy or or whatever. So I evidently this guy posted something very anti-immigrant. Um, about, you know, before before the attack. If I remember right, that was on a website called 8chan, and I think um, that, that website got shut down. So I want Arkansas to state loudly and clearly that we're not going to tolerate hate in the name of religion or the name of race or ethnicity, and I want to see legislation passed in Arkansas that would enhance penalties for targeting because of race, ethnicity, or religion, the Republican told the Arkansas Sheriff's Association at a meeting in Rogers. Though he didn't specifically mention them in his remarks, Hutchinson later told reporters he would also support the introduction of enhanced penalties for those guilty of targeting someone because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. People should not be targeted for who they are, Hutchinson said. That constitutes a crime of hate, and they should not be targeted for it, and there should be enhanced penalties for it. So uh, just kind of summarizing the rest, he wants to build broad support for the measure before bringing it to the legislature. Uh, any non-budget bill, such as hate crimes legislation, would need at least two-thirds support in the House and Senate to even be considered. Uh, and the Anti-Defamation League lists Arkansas as one of five states, along with Georgia, Indiana, South Carolina, and Wyoming, without hate crimes protections. Um, so, you know, that that's a loaded word right there, protections. Mm-hmm. That's almost editorializing in a news article. We believe the governor's comments today to be a wonderful step in the right direction, et cetera, et cetera. Aaron Alquist the Anti-Defamation League's regional director for its South Central region said. So what we're going to do, we're going to get to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about that. We're going to unpack, unpack it. What, can, what could it mean uh, if, you, if you pass a hate crimes law? When we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show, it'll be Donnie and I solving the world's problems uh, it, 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 through the microphone uh, uh, here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. It is Shane Stacks, not uh, Dave Ellswick right now. I'm guest hosting for him while he's off in his Captain America missions, punching Nazis in the jaw. Uh, again, Dave is celebrating 50 years in radio this month. So if he has had an impact on your life or, you know, if you just like to listen to him or whatever, please call in at 501-823-0965 or leave a message on the uh the video post, the live stream video for today's show on the Dave Ellswick show, Facebook page. We're trying to get that to him. We had a really sweet message from his niece earlier. Um, and, and I know that Dave 
has affected a lot of people out there. So uh, this is something that I'd like to do for him. And we'll probably do it more than one day to try to kind of collect this stuff together. And I understand not everybody likes talking on the air. So like I said, leave a post on the Dave Ellswick Show Facebook page under the video stream for today's show. Or you can just call in and talk to John, who's running the board, and, and take the message, and, and he will get it to us. I want to I want to thank John. He's doing a uh, an amazing, jo- uh, amazing job. I just met him uh, this past Saturday, and a lot. And John has a lot of experience doing this stuff. So, so man, welcome to the Salem team. And uh, usually, when a new board op shows up, I get real nervous because I don't know what's going to happen. They got to you know teach them the ropes and everything. And I've worked with Zach so long now on my show that you know um, I get real nervous if I see another board op come along. But John, you know your stuff, man. I'm sitting, I'm watching you work and you got it together. So uh, Russ was telling me you've actually uh, sat on this side of the microphone on the Dave Ellswick show before. Is that right? I have. I have at the other place. Yeah. So I was a long time ago, his longtime producer from way, way, way back. back. Okay. So I've sat on that side before. I know that you said that, you know, you're, you're getting up to speed. So you didn't want to do a lot of on air uh, today. So I just, but I just wanted to give you that quick shout out, man. Thank so, you. Appreciate yeah, it. You're welcome. So, okay, uh, we were talking before the break, uh, talked about Governor hey, uh, Hutchinson is wanting to do hate crimes legislation. Uh, and it's it's it, it appears to me, my read on this is that after the most recent mass shootings, one of which uh, they're, they're believing is a possible hate crime, which hate crime to me is kind of a disingenuous term to begin with, but because of that, it seems like that there's some special interest leaning on states that don't have. Uh, that's my interpretation mm-hmm. uh, to, to suddenly pass hate crimes laws. So I, I, I am way against them on multiple levels for multiple reasons. But Donnie's the guest and his time today is shorter than mine is. So I wanted to let you kind of give your thoughts on this. We've got about seven, six minutes till the break. Yeah, I, I think, you know, on the on the surface, it seems to be such a commendable thing to pursue because every one of us uh, detest anybody lashing out at anyone because of they're different for whatever reason that may be. But here's the thing. I think two things in my, my mind. One is very foundational. The other one is more empirical. And the foundational one is the Constitution has already given equal protection. Now, have we always uh, practiced that? Uh, per slavery and other things absolutely not uh but it's there well at so the unfortunate thing legally at that time for whatever reason slaves weren't considered a full citizen right but i'm talking about even after it was uh, it was you know after the 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 50s and 60s you're saying okay uh, it hadn't always been practiced like it needs to be practiced because that's that's the fallacy or the fault of man uh, but the but the other thing is the empirical side, and and you can go to articles like Vox and others that are not conservative at all. The problem with hate crime legislation is it's so difficult to prove. Just like intent is is almost impossible to prove, and so you're going to pass a law that is intended to help people. And I and I, I think the intention probably uh, is is pure. Uh, to pass this law but look at the empirical evidence of states that have done it who ends up getting persecuted uh, is is not some nazi who shot people because of the color of their skin it's somebody who wouldn't bake a cake for someone that it was a 
a, you know, a religious decision not to bake it, uh, that's who ends up getting persecuted. So the good intentions go awry. Uh, and then when there is an actual, what we would call a actual hate crime, uh, it's, it's so impossible to prove that they hardly ever get perse- uh, prosecuted. So I, I just think it's, there's so many other things we need to be doing. We already have protection under the Constitution. You know, it's, it's like most laws. If we would, just like immigration, if we would just enforce the laws we have on the books, uh, I, I think that that would go a long ways. Maybe not in this incident. I think in instance we do. But if we, in most cases, if we would just enforce the laws we have and apply them equally uh, and just, you know, with, with pure, real justice, we don't, there's very few additional laws we need. Most. So is that? I mean, do you have anything else? No, no. I want to give you plenty of no, no, room to, uh, to, to. There's so. I mean, I, I agree with that and more. So there's so many reasons why quote unquote hate crimes legislation I believe will do more harm than good. So one, common sense wise, like you said, everybody's already legally protected against murder. Everybody's already legally protected against being assaulted or attacked or mugged or you know. There's a lot of protections like you can't you can't fire me because I'm, you know, uh, an immigrant or whatever. There's already like you said, all these laws are already on the books. And as with this case and as with like when the gun control comes up and all this other stuff, there's already multiple laws that are broken when these things happen. Right. So I don't see how adding more laws, even if I was in favor, I'll, I'll argue it as if I'm in favor of it. I want less hate crimes. Well, huh. There, in this latest one, 17 different laws were broken. I'm just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 17 different uh, laws were broken. Is another law going to keep it from happening? Probably not. Uh, enforcement of existing laws is, is probably going to have more effect than passing another law. A lot of times, I think these people want laws passed as 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 really virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're tolerant of this and that and the other. Uh, so, just from a from a pure from a pure unemotional on paper standard, uh, another law would not have prevented any of these. That's no. the thing with gun control. Nobody wants. I'm, I've got to bring up gun control because a lot of the same arguments when it comes just to law fix it. All of these incidents that happen, there's multiple laws already being broken. So more laws are not going to really change anything. It's a heart issue, not a, a, you know, if somebody wants, you know, and then you see like, well, people getting run over by a van and people are getting stabbed to death. So got about a minute here. Our, so. our cocaine, yeah. when it was legal, we right. we outlawed it. And how'd that work out for us? Right. You know, so, I mean, uh, the only people to get punished by by gun laws and by these well-meaning right. laws are usually the are, are usually you know, it's like locks locks right. are for for to right. keep honest people honest mm-hmm. and so these hate laws and these right. gun laws will end up punishing uh law-abiding citizens and people who are not going to obey the law are still not going to obey right. the law so to get to get more to go through all the process and all of the effort to get more legislation on the books and and if if somebody's going to snap and go do a mass killing, 
the 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 knowing that there's going to be a stiffer penalty is not going to prevent them. We got to get to a break, and when we come back, I'm going to get to the emotional or the philosophical side of the okay. argument. Hey, we're back on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's Shane Stack setting in for Mr. Ellswick. He'll be back with you Monday. Our call-in number is 501-823-0965. Love to hear from you on your uh, kind thoughts and words for Mr. Ellswick on his 50th anniversary in radio. We're also talking uh, for the next few minutes till the next break about hate crimes legislation. We're going to finish up our discussion with that. Donnie Copeland has been here since 2 and it's been great. We've we've chewed the fat and solved the world's problems, Donnie. They may not even print a paper. Tomorrow, yeah, they won't. They won't need to. Let's say listen to <laughs> Dave Ellswick. So everything's great. Uh, but anyway, we we talked a little bit before the break about the just the logical side of a hate crimes legislation, which was basically passing another law is not really going to help anything. Uh, you know, it, it's a nice thought. But it's not really going to help anything because there's already multiple laws broken in all of these situations anyway. So what's one more law thrown out there? And it's to stiffen penalties on if it's considered a hate crime. If somebody snaps to that level, I don't really think they care about the penalties. They already know they're they're If they survive, they're going to be in big trouble. They're they're not thinking, you know, uh sanely they've snapped and can't prosecutors enhance penalties they can anyway yeah they can that's a, that's one of the things i wanted to bring up uh is that arkansas and maybe not every state does but arkansas already has the ability to enhance penalties in certain cases so uh that and the fact that it, there's already even even though i don't agree with them uh, on principle, I, I, it not, I don't. It's not that I disagree with the intent. It's I agree with the execution. There's already federal hate crimes, yeah. so I mean, there's already the this, Obama passed that right, right, that 2009, I believe. Right. So. There's you know there's uh, it's it's already out there, uh, and those federal. I mean, I guarantee you, if you go into a building and shoot a bunch of people up, the FBI is going to get involved. It's not just suddenly going to be a local. You know, I'm sure the the federal. Uh, criminal justice system is going to at least kind of look at it to see if there was any federal crimes broken. So as I understand it, if there's a federal crime or federal law against hate crime, if something happens in a state that doesn't have a hate crimes law, but it's determined to be a hate crime, if I'm reading that right, the federal government, just like kidnapping or whatever, right? So they're already illegal under uh, federal law and there are enhanced penalties that are already available in Arkansas. So uh, you can seek enhanced penalties based on the crime or the criminal record. Uh, and the court, even if the prosecutor doesn't seek it, the sort, the court can go after or it. Or the individual that was attacked or right. whatever. If, if it's a particularly bad crime, like, you know, yeah. uh, terrorism elderly people or, or elderly. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's already there. But on the, the, it's really the philosophical side of this that troubles me. Because you're getting into thought crime. And you touched a little bit on this whenever you're explaining your opposition one it's 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 incredibly difficult to really know what's going on in somebody's head Mm -hmm. and it's it's really hard now in the case of somebody who posts something and says i'm going to go kill a bunch of immigrants and i hate immigrants pretty obvious and that's pretty obvious they've stated their motivation but even in that case there's already laws against going and mowing people down with a gun Right. So there's already stiff, stiff, stiff penalties. So it wouldn't have changed anything uh, to to have a hate crime. But when you get into thought crime, 
then there's two things that are happening. One, you're creating a, a protected class of citizen, and now everybody's not being treated equally under the law. And everybody's supposed to be equal under the law. So if I walked up to somebody and shoot them randomly, or if I walked to somebody and shoot them in the head because I don't like their whatever, and I hate them because of whatever, then we're saying that that person who I shot because I hated deserves more uh, attention from the criminal justice system than the other person who had the exact same crime perpetrated on them. Just some random shooting just because I felt like it because I was a psychopath. That doesn't, that, that doesn't set right with mm-hmm. me. There's something no. fundamentally off about that. But there's also, I think you mentioned earlier, it's, it's really hard to prove a hate crime. And any time the government gets into uh, defining something, it can get really problematic. Because, it, you know, if you have the same judge or the same prosecutor, depending on any given day, if it's up to them to determine what a hate crime is, if it's not laid out in black and white with 80 subpoints and all kinds of tests to determine, then it's up to some individual to determine what's a hate crime. And, and depending on the individual or depending on the day or the year, it may be prosecuted as a hate crime or it may not. And it gets, it gets subjective rather than objective. Absolutely. And here's, right. here's where I think it really uh, gets convoluted is uh, most of the time this is not where it plays out in, in a court of law is not the El Paso incident. Right. It's, it's the pizza place right. Right. where the people served the people that were gay or whatever, served them pizza and was welcome to eat pizza there, but they wouldn't cater an event. event they didn't agree with. And so it's these unintended consequences. It's not designed. We right. react, or, or rather Governor Hutchinson reacts to these groups and says, oh, well, El Paso happened, so we need to do this. We already have protection for everybody under the law. But what ends up happening is innocent people get punished for a possible thought crime. Right. At, that they didn't even think, by the way. Right. So they, to yeah, me, it's, it's under- much more dangerous. Because we already have the protections, right? So what are we really trying to do? We're virtue signaling. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. saying we want that, you to know yeah. that we really care. We're, well, we do care. Yeah, we're cool and hip, and we're with the the current yeah, groupthink. At which it, it, but any time the criminal justice system gets subjective, it can be a big problem. Yeah, absolutely. Like to take it to a much smaller level. Uh, I one the previous time I guess hosted Dave Ellswick, some Mamel Alderman came on. And they were talking about the pit bull stuff and, you know, uh, changing up the pit bull ordinances. And when it comes down to it, there's no such thing as a pit bull. It's a slang term. There's no genetic pit bull. So the ordinance was, depending on the incident, whatever official was involved would look at the dog and determine if it's a pit bull or not. <laughs> now, I don't, want, I don't want mean dogs or anything like that. But that's subjective, and you you can't govern, you can't enforce criminal justice on opinion. It's it's just not the way things work. When it work. gets subjective, right. government can't be trusted. It's just, I mean, I'm sorry, they can't. You know, right? So I think that's I think that's very very key, right? Um, and and I think it becomes a magnet for litigation. It's not going to be the criminals, uh, the hardened criminals, the Nazis, and the, right. The, the, you know, Bernie Sanders supporter that shoots up a baseball field, that's not 
that's not who this is going to catch. It's going to be people who are standing for their rights or whatever. Right. Uh, and they don't hate anybody. Right. But they, they're they going to be punished. Right. Because they don't want to agree with somebody about something. And the unintended consequences of this are really, really They're troubling. Uh dire. They're they're troubling. It's and it's not that like people will come back and say, Well, you hate people of other religion or you hate immigrants or you hate what no. I don't I want them to be protected. Yeah, I want but we're all already protected. Yeah. And 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 the uh the good intentions lead to bad results that's the point not saying that we want uh uh, protected people or or minorities or whatever to to suffer that's not the thing but again as donnie pointed out a lot of times what happens people will use these laws to target people and you know uh, like the the famous baking the cake thing or uh where where literally the government was saying you have to violate your conscience or else here, like here's where I would challenge our legislators yeah. uh, if, if this gets very far is go do your research and look at all the litigation, mm-hmm. look at all the incidents, look at all the hate crimes that are being prosecuted and see that not most of that ends up being civil and is not even criminal. Right. Well, and, and the pizza thing you mentioned, and then we'll you know wrap it up here, uh, because I know ma- no matter how much we try to explain it, Somebody's going to say, "Well, you just don't care if immigrants get shot." That's not the point. It's there's there are there's already laws there and that aren't being enforced. So please don't put problematic legislation. Expect any time legislation is passed emotionally in response to an incident, it's always bad somehow. And, and the subje- subjectivity, right, as you right, mentioned, you know, right? It's 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 not good. Now, if you if Pearl Harbor gets bombed, by goodness, do something. But yeah. But in a you know in a case like this, uh, you know you, sometimes you don't have a chance, but to move quick uh, right. is what I'm saying. But if there's time to sit back and think about it, but here's a perfect example, and then we'll wrap it up. Donnie's got to go. Donnie, man, I've, man, I've enjoyed loved it. it. The podcast great. is coming. <laughs> so uh, the pizza thing we're talking about. There was a state that has a hate crimes law, and there were some there were some people that knew that the uh, owners were conservative Christians. And and targeted them to go in and try to trigger hate crimes law on them. So they went in, and 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 the thing was that they were totally there was no problem. Anybody can come and order a pizza, sit down and eat in the restaurant. Nobody's ever been turned away. We, we don't. It's fine. Everybody's welcome here. But they said we want you to cater pizza to this event that they knew would be against their faith. And then when they said sorry, we can't. And then that's when it triggered. They were targeted. You know the Scopes Monkey trial was targeted. They were this stuff. This is nothing new. The ACLU was looking for somebody to challenge the uh, the evolution teaching in high wow. schools, and they found Darrow. They wow. didn't did the, the inherit the wind makes it seem no. This is nothing new. This is nothing new. So, yeah. uh, and that wasn't even a hate crime thing. I'm just saying they'll look. They'll target yeah. stuff. Oh, they'll yeah. look for situations to provoke the law to get a ruling on it. Absolutely. But having said that. I love everybody. Whether I agree with you or not, I love you. And uh, you are a person just like I am, uh, and and I don't want anything bad to happen to you. But we can debate laws without me wanting something bad to happen to you. No, absolutely. But I guarantee you I love you. Absolutely. And I I want to prevent greater harm to society rather than passing a law that does nothing except maybe troubling 
harm. So that's what it comes down to. But if I knew that a hate crime, supposed hate crime was about to happen, I would do anything I could to prevent it. Even if the person involved was diametrically opposed to me in their beliefs. Absolutely. And I yeah. don't want to see anybody. Yeah, if it was die. a field full of Democrats about to be right. shot, uh, I I'd would jump in front of I, them. I would do everything right. I could to help them. That ain't right. Absolutely. We're all humans. We yeah. all, you know, if it was somebody that, uh, that, that I thought was a despicable human being, you know what? And this will get me in trouble. I didn't want Osama bin Laden to die. I don't want anybody to die. I hate living in a world where people have to die. Yeah. Now, I understand that was a military operation. They did it. But I would prefer for him to, and I know this probably wouldn't happen, but I'd prefer for him to uh, to get saved by Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, uh, everybody deserves, nobody is beyond redemption. No. And I know that's going to upset people if I say that, but I don't want anybody to die. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I, yeah. I think, you know, we we need to have a position of peace, not right, not destruction. Right, exactly. But that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there I don't agree with. But I love you no matter what. Is you, we were all created. Um, all right. Well, Donnie, man, it's been, been a pleasure. Yeah, I'll Enjoyed be in, it, Shane. I'll be in touch, and we'll get our inaugural episode <laughs> of the Insightful Arkansas Politics. Bring a calendar. <laughs> all right. All right, Donnie. Thanks, man. I'm a, we're going to get to a break. When we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about stuff happening at the Pulaski County Quorum Court, including the county jail and uh, Walmart taxes, right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. That guy's always so excited about the Dave Ellswick Show. He's kind of breathless. Have you noticed that? very breathless about the show so uh this is the dave ellswick show it's uh 452 i'm going to squeeze in a little bit of pulaski county quorum court uh government news and you know a lot of people are like uh county government you know please pay it this stuff is important a lot of important stuff happens at the county level uh it's kind of you know near and dear to my heart i was a justice of the peace for two terms but uh it, at the very least the the general fund of the budget is I think high 60s, maybe low 70s, 70 million dollars, say somewhere in there. And that comes out of your property taxes. So, you know, we we couldn't get rid of your property taxes, but the quorum court can try to make sure they're at least spent well. Uh, so that's one reason to be paying attention. Uh, another thing that uh, the county runs the jail and all the cities around here share the uh, the county jail. And there's always an agreement with uh all the all the cities of of how it's how it's uh funded and and it, and it's always a thing like there's you know they'll come to agreement and say hey this is an agreement for 7 years or for 3 years or whatever but every time it comes up it's it's an issue because of course uh the cities want to pay as little as possible uh and 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 the county wants as much help as possible running the jail because you know we maintain or uh, Pulaski County government maintains the facility and and then also you know the sheriff's department and all of the uh, jail staff and all of that and 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 all the surrounding cities don't have to keep up with their own jail they they use the county jail and there's some state prisoners in there as well and then the state pays the county and and all of that so anyway this uh, I have this article here uh, from well where's the headline I thought it, yeah it's from uh, Arkansas Democrat Gazette Arkansas Online uh, Pulaski County five cities drop jail deal Rachel. Herzog is the byline. So this is Rachel's article from Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Five Pulaski County cities have reached a tentative agreement with County Judge Barry Hyde on cost-sharing plan to fund the jail in 2020. The mayors of Little Rock, North Little Rock, Maumelle, Sherwood, and Jacksonville have each agreed to increase their jail funding contracts by 25% next year, officials said Monday. Now let me tell you this. I've heard good things about Barry Hyde since he became a county judge 
And there had to be some good negotiation going on there to get them to go up by 25%. Because I've seen a lot of the debates and foot dragging and this and that. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with that. Now, Little Rock Mayor Frank Scott Jr. brokered the deal over the weekend and said the other mayors had agreed to it by Sunday night, two days before the cities were scheduled to address the Pulaski County Quorum Court about the issue at tonight's meeting. This was from August uh, 13th. So... The agreement reached by Scott and Hyde saves the city's potential, potentially millions in overall cost. Uh, and, and, and I mean, that's basically because they don't have to maintain their own jail. Um, Hyde and the mayors have been at odds over a 2018 Pulaski County Quorum Court ordinance that addresses how cities within the county are billed for using the jail. The mayors raised concerns about how the city's estimated payment increases were calculated, how the city's estimated payment increases were calculated. Uh, we understood or we understand moving forward that our jail funding process is going to increase. Scott said, we just want to make sure that we all agreed on the accuracy of the numbers. OK, so that's a polite way of saying that we had a we had a big discussion and back and forth and, and all of that. Um, it's an oral one year agreement. The only thing bad about this is that they need to they need to have a longer agreement so they don't have to go through this every year. It's ridiculous. Uh, it takes a lot of time. They need to get a multi year agreement in there or else the county just says build your own jail then call the bluff i'm i when i was a jp i was, I was carrot and stick i'm gonna give you a carrot if you don't take the carrot here comes the stick because this is the county's money and i'm representing taxpayers so here's the other news item uh it's also from arkansas online let's see in the uh byline is eric besson so i believe that is correct besson or besson Walmart loses tax appeal in Pulaski County. Here's another one that that, that Judge Hyde seems to have uh, not not flexed on. So it says uh, Walmart lost its appeal on lowering its Pulaski County tax assessments Wednesday as County Barry Hyde issued a ruling that said reports submitted by the retailer were fundamentally flawed. That I mean, for a county to uh, to stay, you know, because uh, Walmart has attack lawyers upon attack lawyers upon attack lawyers, you know, uh, financial lawyers, this, that, and the other I, for, for, you know, the County to stand up to them and say, your reports were flawed. I'm pretty impressed with that. Uh, officials across the state have closely monitored the case, which is viewed by government tax assessors as Arkansas's first serious test of the so-called dark store theory. The legal argument, which has found mixed success nationally, holds that big bell, re- big box retail stores should be valued for tax purposes as if they are closed and vacant. Now, I don't understand that, but it, it is it is impressive to me that Barry Hyde seems to be, you know, kind of uh, pushing back on Walmart. Uh, attorneys for Walmart and Pulaski County indicated during a two-day hearing last month that they anticipated an appeal to the circuit. I'm sure they'll appeal to the circuit court. Observers have said both sides are preparing as if the case will ultimately go to the state Supreme Court. A Walmart spokeswoman did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Um, Harrison Kemp of the Little Rock firm, Mann and Kemp, who was representing the county, declined to comment. It's, it's, it's interesting that, uh, that the county engaged a firm because we do have an attorney, but maybe this was bigger than just the attorney's office. Uh, the case concerns the county's 2017 valuation of eight Walmart supercenters and two Sam's Club stores to combine $145 million. So uh, Walmart tried to reduce it to ninety three point four million, uh, and later to seventy four point three million, which would have been forty eight percent down from what we evaluated. Now the assessor, you know, there have been problems with the uh, how the assessor has assessed. And there was one year I was on the Quorum Court where it caused a big problem, uh, where people's assessment just skyrocketed out of the blue. So I'm not I'm not 
arguing for or against the Stark store theory. I'm just impressed that the county seems to be prepared to stand up to Walmart. So that's, you know, that's pretty impressive. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out. I don't know the merits of everything. But Barry Hyde, like I said, with his jail thing and that, you know, he does seem to be trying to represent the county's interests. And, you know, he, it doesn't seem like he's trying to be a D or an R, even though, you know, he is a Democrat. Uh, anyway, when we come back, we're going to be talking with Doug Tin Naple, who's a super cool, fascinating guy. Uh, and we're going to be talking about G.K. Chesterton and many other things here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I can't believe we're already in the 5 o'clock hour. Last hour of the week for the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, we'll be going until 6 o'clock. We've got a great guest holding on the lines here in a second that I will reintroduce. He has been on the Dave Ellswick Show more than once. Uh, great guest, fascinating guy. Really looking forward to talking with him. Just wanted to remind folks, uh, the phone number is 501-823-0965. So if you have any uh, questions or comments, uh, you know, in general about the guest or any of the topics today, welcome them. But what I'd really love, I know it's drive time. I know there's people listening. Please call in 501-823-0965 and just, you know, leave a nice uh, comment for Dave. Uh, he's, he's 50 years in radio this month. That's amazing. Um, his niece called in earlier with a, with a really, really kind uh, comment for him. You could also just call and, and, and tell it to Zach over the phone if you don't want to come on the radio and he'll say it over the air. Uh, and then, or you can, you can leave a comment on the Dave Ellswick show Facebook page where the video is um, for live streaming for today's show. Just wanted to give out a couple of <clears throat> examples on the Dave Ellswick show. Gene Brandio, I hope I'm saying that right, Jeeves, said, congratulations, Dave, we'll listen as long as you keep talking. Uh, Terry Judy Middleton said, congratulations on 50, uh, on 50 years. Um, Skip Elliott said, uh, congratulations, buddy. I only wish I were still doing intros for you. So I guess Dave and Skip have a relationship. Here's a 50 more. I agree. Um, 50 more for Dave through the wonders of science. Uh, and, and I don't know whatever else was given for another 50 years, but Dave's had a, had a uh, strong impact on my life. And, and, uh, you know, I'm in radio because of him and, and he, he sticks his neck out and, and, you know, rattles the chains on stuff he doesn't have to, to try to help. So if he's had any impact on you at all, please call 501-823-0965 or post on the Dave Ellswick show page. All right. So with no further ado, he's patiently waiting. He's one of the busiest men uh, in the entire known universe. We have Uber. I don't know if Uber is right. Staunch conservative slash geek creator polymorph or polymath. I guess you can polymorph too if you want to. Doug well, I can Tenable. polymorph too, just fine. Yeah, yeah. So Doug Tenable. <laughs> Shane, how you doing? Good, man. Welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. Um, for for those Dave of you, Ellswick, turn the turn the show over to you. He does every now and then. I think when he, you know, I, I think I, he obviously must be on some kind of meds. I don't know about because when he goes off his meds, yeah, yeah. he lets me run the show, and you know, and I can't. I've tried to, you know, the thing in Ferris Bueller's Day Off where they try to run the the car backwards to take the miles off, you know, I've, I can't, yeah. I always end up dinging the car or, you know, taking it out more of a joyride than I was supposed to. But anyway, he's, he's pretty forgiving for me on that. This, this is more like, this is more like UHF. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, uh, we, but we just need uh, Michael Richards doing his kids show. That's right. Yeah. Let Michael Richards. Yeah. Go. Find the marble in the oatmeal. So what a great, what a, what a great uh, movie. Uh, well, ha- happy Friday. Well, happy Friday to you, pal. And I, I just want to remind people, uh, Doug is the creator of a, uh, of a video game property that's now, it's been a, it's been a uh, well-remembered, beloved cartoon, and now some super cool comic books coming called Earthworm Jim. Uh, and in addition to that, that's probably what a lot of people know him for in pop culture, but he was also, uh, he's done a lot of work with Hollywood and TV. He produced the, uh, the Netflix version of VeggieTales. Uh, I know he's done some TV work or movie work. I think you mentioned Ben Affleck. Uh, you've, you, right. yeah, you do a lot, you do a lot of work people aren't aware of, uh, and you just recently set the record on Indiegogo for a comic book campaign. So that's right. The, the Earthworm Jim comic is now up to about, I think it's $765,000. That is tremendous. So yeah. The largest single raise and the campaign still open for morning cares. Right. But I just put in Earthworm Jim when you go to Indiegogo. Indiegogo, and you, and you get a, uh, it's not just a flimsy comic book. It's it's like a, I mean, it's it's a substantial book that is, is a lot of fun. Earthworm, Earthworm Jim is just bonkers fun. There's nothing political or heavy about it, even though, you know, right. even though uh, Doug has his own beliefs that he's not afraid to share. It's just a fun character and a fun comic book. Yeah, it's a family fun uh, 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 action comedy, really, with uh, with a video game world's favorite one, and and uh, every backer they get a free set of uh, Earthworm Jim trading cards, and those are designed by Garrett, who's a producer for Steven Crowder. So oh, I've got a wow. lot of a lot of great talented people working on this. People are coming out and helping me, um, and. I'm excited about it, and, and I'm working myself to the bone. I'm inking two pages a day. Sometimes it takes me about 18 hours, so I'm also a, uh, a workaholic. Well, I saw earlier on Twitter that you were live streaming your inking. So, uh, if I, I yeah. yeah, so yeah. I've been doing that on, on Twitter on Doug Knapel, and I also have a YouTube channel, uh, Doug Knapel. But and I do, I, I try to broadcast every process of the book, so people that are into comics or graphic novels can kind of learn uh, what equipment I use. I mean, I've even like written a script on the air, and I do my pencils on the air, and I ink on the air. And you're 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 inking the galaxy's most amazing analid. Earthworm Jim. Yeah. So, so I'm also an ex- I'm also an exhibitionist. So yes, but you but you can't get enough media. But you keep the trench coat closed. It's family friendly. Yeah, it's, it's family friendly. The cameras never <clears throat> from the waist down. <laughs> in my underwear. That would be a, a crime against humanity. All right. So um, I'm about to about to get us to a break, but I want to kind of tease people for what we'll be talking about after the break. Now, what I would love to do, but it's your time. Uh, we could talk about whatever you want. Um, you know, every time I've talked with you, it's been a good conversation. So if there's other issues or something that you want to highlight, let's go. If Whether it's politics or comic, I don't care. Uh, but I would love for you to introduce our listeners to the uh, wonderful world, world of G.K. Chesterton. Oh, yeah. Would you like to do I, that? I can talk. Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I'm a, I'm a groupie. 
Yeah, you're a G.K. Chesterton groupie. Now, G.K. Chesterton is one of there. There's there's two people really from the 20th century that are that are considered deep Christian thinkers, but they can also express things so that you don't have to be a theologian to follow what they're saying. Sure. Sure. One of them is C.S. Lewis and the other is G.K. Chesterton. Now, G.K. Chesterton, I would argue, is is even more of a character in and of himself. They you know, they could make movies about this guy. And I mean, I I would hope that they would do his theology. But even if they just did his personality, it would be engaging. He's a character. Uh, but he's also uh, yeah he is, he is a huge he's bigger than his name and and well a lot of people know C.S. Lewis at least in America which was yes. I went over to England to visit where the Inklings you know were at with the birth right. of baby their their pub and stuff and they barely even knew about him like they they've hidden C.S. Lewis he always had a bigger imprint in America than in UK oh I did not know uh, that but, yeah yeah but and GK had a much bigger imprint over in the but for being, I would, I, I actually put his mind above C.S. Lewis's, and I think C.S. Lewis would agree. Um, C.S. Lewis largely became a Christian because he read G.K. Chesterton's book, The Everlasting Man. And when you read Chesterton, you'll see a ton of Lewis's ideas, including the Lord, Liar, Lunatic stuff, was, was originally penned a version of it by G.K. Chesterton before C.S. Lewis. Okay, well, that's let's do it. So, uh, and going in, I mean, I, I I think I know more about Chesterton than the average bear, yeah. but I don't know a whole, all. I've read a lot of his quotes, and I read Orthodoxy, and that's that's basically yeah. my I up till now, you know, I've I've done a much deeper dive on on Lewis than I have on Chesterton, but he's he's a very powerful yeah, yeah. thinker. You know, the the only the only thinker of that level I think we've had in more modern times might be Francis Schaeffer, but Francis Schaeffer can express things with the wit and the accessibility that I think that the GK Chesterton does. Uh, That's true. And yeah. I think that was the thing that, that Lewis was most impressed with about him is that he has a, a jolliness and a levity to him. Cause, cause Lewis always wanted to be a poet and just, his mind just didn't work that way. Mm. He's way more surgical with his mind. Chesterton is like CS Lewis unleashed you know by uh by a by the fairy powers or something right uh, uh he is a jolly comedic uh just a funky funky thinker and uh and a lot of in a lot of fun i mean see Lewis is funny too but chesterton's a little funnier right well uh, chesterton's a wit i mean he's a rapier wit you know if you look up yeah. rapier wit in the dictionary his picture should be there yeah, I put him up with like a P.G. Woodhouse or something. I mean, he is a great thinker and just a writer's writer. In fact, a, a thinker so odd and, and, and so out there that he's actually difficult to read at first because we've been so conditioned by modernity and postmodernity mm-hmm. to, to think and organize things a certain way. And Chesterton, like Lewis and Tolkien, they, these are pre-modern minds. Right. Moderns. Yeah, there's it's before the um uh the modern I'm mean, I'm trying to the relative relative morals and, and all of that stuff came along. But yeah. all right, anyway, yeah, I'm gonna and, 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 yeah, and go, ahead. Logic from, from go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Right. I was gonna say I'm gonna get us to a break. When we come back, uh we're gonna and and I encourage you uh you know, out there listening to 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 stay tuned in 
Because A, if you're a Christian, this might be a different take on discussing theology than you're used to in a good way. Uh, And two, even if, even if you're not interested in theology or Christian figures, this guy is a, is a character out of history. And and so I think he's just interesting in his own right, but we're going to get to a break. When we come back, we'll have more with Doug Tim Naple on the Dave Ellswick show on GK Chesterton, the, the rapier wit of pre modern, uh, what, what do we want to call it? Modern thinking theology, which is good modern or is good theology. So when we come back, 101.1 FM, the answer. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick show. I'm Shane Stack setting in for, but never replacing Mr. Ellswick. Uh, we're talking with Doug Tin Naple. We're about to do a deep dive on uh, amazing but witty Christian theologian G.K. Chesterton. But uh, before that, I've got Jerry Cox on the line. And I, I do believe this would be the Jerry Cox of the Family Council. Is that right? Hey, that's exactly right. Hey, Man, I was sitting yeah. here and I thought, I never called and wished anybody over there happy 50th on behalf of Dave Ellswick and all. And now I hear he's not there. Well, what I'm doing today is, uh, you know, I've been encouraging people to call in and we're going to get, you know, uh, the comments from people and we're going to, you know, get it on one audio file and give it to Dave. So, uh, okay. really, yeah, I really that appreciate you. Co- well, yeah. Yeah. Let, let, uh, you know, I was just thinking Dave must've started this when he was about three years old because uh, I didn't know he was old enough to be in there for 50 years. I know I'm older than Dave. Um, I consider myself um, a senior. And so uh, he's right there with me. So, well, the, hey, the hidden we're secret, hanging in there together. Well, the hidden secret, Jerry, is his first day on radio was, was he took a he took a metal ladle from the kitchen and he went and shoved it in the old Bakelite radio and started <laughs> acting like it was a mic when he was three years old. So that's why he's gets considered his he's been in for 50 years now. Yeah, I think he started in the it. Air Force. Yeah, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was in the Air Force when he got his start in radio. But uh, yeah, well, Dave is a little bit younger than me, but he and I are of that same baby boom generation. So we have a lot of the same recollections of the way life was and a lot of opinions about the way it ought to be that are pretty much in in alignment. So that's good. He's my kind of guy. And, um, Hey, I just want to give him a shout out and wish him 50, you know, happy 50th and, um, Hey, 50 more and 50 more after that. So I certainly good. hope so. Yeah. Thanks Jerry. And appreciate all the work that you and Luke McCoy and others do with family council. It's much appreciated hey, and glad, much needed. Glad to do it. Uh, okay. <laughs> talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks Jerry. Uh, okay, so folks, that was, of course, Jerry Cox from Family Council. If anybody else wants to call in during the show today at uh, 501-823-0965 and just can give a congratulations to Dave, or you can post it on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. So we appreciate that. Now back to Doug Tin Naple, uh, well, busiest man in the universe. We were talking about G.K. Chesterton. So That's right. If I was... I've got to give a shout-out. Yeah, go ahead. shout-out to Jerry, Jerry Cox because he's one of my heroes for... Uh, defending traditional marriage and the uh, the unborn. That uh, he, he's he's a big name and a real trooper, and uh, he's taken a lot of the same slings and arrows that all of us have for those on those fronts. So uh, good man. Well, I man, I wish I'd have known that you would have been if if a you know if somebody else calls in, you're welcome to to pipe up. That would have been great for you to whatever. Hey, but it's I will your show Shane. Yeah, it's I will. I will pass that to him, sir. So I'm sure yeah. he'll be glad to hear it because. You know, those guys get beat up a lot, you know, so, yeah. It is constant, 
and 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 the other side fights dirty. They do they do doxing. They target your website, and it's not it's even with my uh, Earthworm Jim comic, I've had my career completely lambasted and attacked by these people mm-hmm. uh, just for my positions and of really nothing to do with the book, but just for me personally right. come after me and my workplace. All my clients in Hollywood, they uh, go and announce to them what all my positions are to try and get me fired. Even though you never That's put, normal. yeah, you don't, I mean, you don't, you're not putting, you're not trying to push your beliefs through your product. It's just what you believe. So, but the, yeah. you know, that actually kind of ties in to what we're talking about. And what I mean is it, you know, they talk about a, a house built on sand or a house built on a firm foundation. Well, our, our main foundation is, you know, God, the Holy spirit and his word, but understanding why his word is so important and how to really apply it in real life can help you stand against that kind of thing. Uh, I I guarantee you Jerry Cox is, is in the word a lot, you know, for, for, for the fights that he's doing. So, which brings us back to GK Chesterton. I I would imagine that your, your appreciation of God's word and the power of it has, is, has probably grown through your study of GK Chesterton. Oh yeah. Over the last, I'd say, I think it's, it's really been hardcore the last eight years. Um, he, the big thing with uh, Chesterton, so this is a guy who died in 1936. So this is, uh, and yet every word he's written is more true today than it was the day he wrote it. And so imagine writing 11,000 articles, 200 books, plays, um, poems, and uh, full of topics from politics to religion to uh, literary reviews. Um, he was an expert on Dickens. And have every word that you wrote more true today than it was when you wrote it. Uh, uh, we, modernity has the things that he's warned us about have only come to pass. So I'm saying that tells me that he's probably on to the truth, like the capital T truth, um, because it time tends to bear the truth out. Um, so his work passes muster on that end. But also all those articles and books are really witty. So people want to start uh, on Chesterton. I think you had a great start, and I agree with uh, reading Orthodoxy first. So G.K. Chesterton Orthodoxy is the one they want to start with. And it took me two or three times reading it before I could figure it out. But once you land that one, you start getting – Chesterton starts casting a spell on you where you you look at trees with a new wonder. You look at life with a new gratitude, and that's kind of his thing, uh, fighting against modernity is they started seeing everything as a mass of particles, and it kind of got boring and, and lost the wonder of every day. And he tried bringing that back with uh, gratitude and joy and levity, and it, uh, but not in, in a lighthearted, goofy way, but in a very deep, like, life-and-death sort mm-hmm. of way. All right, well, we got it. I would say his specialty was so orthodoxy. Yeah, I hate to do this. I got it. We got to get another break in. It, 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 Dude, no. Yeah, so we're going to get it. But when we come back, we're going to come back to orthodoxy, which is a great place to start with him. Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm uh, Shane Stack sitting in for Dave. It is 535. I can't believe it. We've got less than 30 minutes left uh, for the Dave Ellswick Show this week. I'm talking with uh, Doug Tin Naple about uh, G.K. Chesterton and the importance of, you know, really thinking 
deeply about uh, objective truth in the word. Uh, real quick before that, we've got Curtis Coleman has called in, uh, I, I guess, to, to say something nice about Dave. Curtis, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. So this is Dave is claiming this is his 50th anniversary week. Is that true? That's what I'm hearing. Well, I'm, that, I have a question about that. I mean, you, do you think that's uh, do you think that's accurate? Well, I, uh, see, uh, let me just put it this way: I gave him my PayPal address earlier in the week, so yeah, hundred percent accurate, <laughs> Curtis. Well, it just seems like to me Dave would have had to start in his career when he was like three. Yeah, that's what Jerry Cox said. 50th anniversary. Yeah, Jerry Cox just called in earlier and said something similar. So I said something like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, Curtis, I think you love my guest. Uh, he he does comic books and he does uh, Hollywood stuff and everything, but he's deeply conservative. And we're talking about G.K. Chesterton. What wow. Do you think, what do you think about it? his okay. name is Doug Ten Naples? So Doug, say hi to Curtis Coleman and Curtis, say hi to Doug. How do you do, Curtis? Hello, Hello, Doug. I'm delighted to meet you this way. Thank you. So, Doug, just so you know, uh, Curtis uh, was involved in a governor's race uh, a few years ago, but he also teaches classes on the Constitution uh, and and, and, and has, like, organizations and everything to make sure that people understand and to do free resources so people understand what the Constitution really says. Oh, that's wonderful! I love the constant. I love me some constant. I'm a big fan. So, all right. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Well, I just wanted to wish uh, Dave uh, a fantastic 50th anniversary. I I ran into Dave a couple weeks ago, Shane, and he asked me how I was doing, how I was doing, and I said, "Well, I am not running for office, and I'm not re- on the radio, so I'm probably the happiest guy on the planet." <laughs> are you Are you still saving? <laughs> are you still saving the world's chicken through mouthwash? We are doing that, and actually, yes, we are. In fact, uh, I'm kind of excited because we're just installing, I think, our third installation in Israel this oh, winter. So fantastic! That's kind of a that's kind of a neat thing to be. Yeah, doing that's too, that's so. that's worth mentioning. All right, well, I, we're going to pass all these comments on to uh, to Dave and 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 Curtis. It's it's really wonderful to hear from you, and and thanks hey, for calling. It's good in. to talk to you. Okay. Hey, I appreciate what you're doing. My best, Shane. Doug, delighted to have met you, and uh, sounds like we have a lot in common, so we need to get together. Yeah, Doug's My pleasure, Curtis. I agree. All right. We'll talk to you, or we'll okay. talk to you later, Curtis. God bless Curtis. you. All right. God, God bless, bless you. God, you. God bless you, Curtis. So, yeah, uh, super quick. Uh, I'll, I'll take 10 seconds to tell this. Curtis's company found out that the main ingredient in Walmart in uh, mouthwash is perfect for keeping, like, poultry and stuff from getting bacteria and so he had a big fight with the fda and and but he's finally cooking so okay uh doug so yeah cooking no pun intended so um getting back to uh orthodoxy now let's do this so orthodoxy is the book i've read of uh uh of chesterton's and and he's got a huge body of work which i didn't realize how much he'd written until you told me might be more familiar with his with his father brown mysteries so Did he, he also was the creator of Father Brown, the detective, which uh, I think the DDC is, is doing a, a, a oh. mini series on that. And another series has already been done of it. So the Father Brown mysteries is kind of G.K. Chesterton's version of a, like a uh, Sherlock Holmes who's a priest. Interesting. So, uh, wow, that's a whole other thing right there. Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So so a lot of people would be familiar with Father Brown from like, you know, Masterpiece Theater and et cetera on, on PBS. Right. 
but as far as his his uh, theological writings, I, I I mean I would say his the best introduction to him is orthodoxy. Would you agree with that? Yeah, orthodoxy. I and mean, if you really want to want to take some uh, get a steak dinner that that's probably way over all of our heads, but is worth it, uh, is the everlasting man, which is what really nailed C.S. Lewis as an atheist and really turned him. If you want to put your mind into what C.S. Lewis was thinking and what really turned him, it was the everlasting man. And in the, but another great way to start are things like tremendous trifles, which is a, or in defense of sanity are his two uh, collected works. They're his short essays. You can read them. They're three pages long. They're brilliant. Uh, uh, the, it's like a, a, a jolly, friendly apologetic. And uh, so they're really fun to read and really witty. Okay. So, uh, and, and again, like, like I said, one of the reasons I want to expose people to G.K. Chesterton is, is because of his wit. He's not just, you know, a dry, like, seminary professor or something like that. He's, he's, he's very witty. He has no problem or had no problem, you know, when well, I guess has no problem still, he's still alive with God, but he had no problem in, in engaging in witty debates with people. You know, he, uh, yeah, his, he was best friends with George Bernard Shaw, who was an atheist. And they would go on a debate around, you know, around both countries. Uh, so he also had like a, uh, a broad range of friends, Barry, who wrote, uh, Pan was one of his good friends. He influenced H.G. Wells, uh, who did War of the Worlds. Uh, H.G. Wells has put on his play of um, The Man Who Was Thursday. Ian Fleming, who created uh, the James Bond franchise, was influenced by Chesterton. So he has a pretty large influence, and he's the guy that kind of got edited out of history by the university, and it really is because they just didn't like what he had to say. Mm. Right. They couldn't they couldn't dispute it. They just didn't like it. They they vanished him out of history. So anytime I can talk about him to encourage uh Christians to look him up and and certainly read his, his witty quotes. You can look up quotes by G. K. Chesterton and you'll be floored by all of them. I also follow an account, G. K. Chesterton on Twitter, and I, every day I get some G. K. Chesterton quotes thrown at me and they're just they you know, they're they're people changing the day. I get together with guys every year, and, and uh, you know, guys, they want some manly time. So we get a little, uh, a, a little drink and some cigars, and we read Chesterton every week, and you've never seen a bunch of manly men bond and laugh and have fun thinking and discussing things together than when we read G.K. Chesterton. We get committed to each other. We always invite new guys to come. And uh, it is a great bonding time for guys to, uh, to consider these things. Or as G.K. Chesterton said, the only things worth talking about are religion and politics. Right. So I, I agree with that. This, this concept that never talk about religion and politics in polite company or whatever has, has led us a lot to where we are now. Because we've, we've, yeah. lo- we've lost the ability to discourse, even when we disagree. Uh, we've lost our manners. We've right. lost our manners to be able to disagree. And he would, and, and basically it makes all of us talk about only vapid things like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Which, in and of themselves, if you, if you like Game of Thrones and you want to talk about it, that's fine. But if that's all you're talking yeah. about, if you think that's all you want to talk about, I, I you know, as a, as a Christian, I don't want to go down. I want to, I'm like, okay, Game of Thrones, cool. 
mean, I, I have my geeky yeah. stuff I like. I have my entertainment. But you need to meditate on the word. And that means chew it over and think about it. And, you know, the word, you know, the, the famous explanation or whatever is that I guess the original word for meditate in the Bible is something along the lines of when, when, when a cow spits up its, its cud yeah, re- and chews on it. Uh, chews its cud. Yeah. Chew it over. And it's a right. Thing to do for, for people to do, ladies and gentlemen, is to ask your friends, like, uh, I have a difficult time with this passage, or what do you think of this? I've always wondered about this. Ask them about uh, your faith or the Word, and, and usually it'll create a great discussion. Usually it will bring people together. Right. Yeah, if it's, you know, if if it's, it's got to be done with manners and and yeah. a, re- a respect for the other person's right to have their opinion, whether you agree with it or not. You know, we've we've gotten to this instant. Anybody I disagree with is Hitler uh, evaluation. Yeah. You know, we, we we hear one thing from somebody and we automatically brand them as subhuman somehow. And and the kind of yeah, thing I, I like it, keeping it conversational, too. It has to be friendly. Uh, and and in a way, if you read C.S. Lewis and Chesterton, it's very disarming the way that they present ideas. They're really they're not as, as blunt. They're way more uh, eloquent and friendly with it the way that they used to discuss it. Well, you also get the sense that they respect the reader, no matter where the reader is coming yeah. from. Right. They're yeah. not they're not saying, hey, read this so that I can burn you down and, and prove how uh, how much of a moron you are. It's yeah. it's much more of come and let us reason together. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm on a, if I'm on a plane next to someone who is a non-believer, I just start kind of I wonder out loud, you know, with them when I'm I always think about that when I'm presenting the gospel to them. I try and tell them about the the wonder instead of going straight into apologetics, which which I'm pretty well versed in also, but I don't go straight into William Lane Craig. I keep it conversational and ask them. I always ask them questions. In fact, asking them questions help, helps uh, draw information off, and they'll ask questions back. And then I'm obliged to give them the answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, asking. I mean, when you're when you're trying to engage in good conversation, you know, asking simple yes no answers is a pretty good way to end the conversation quickly. <laughs> you know, you want yeah. to talk about stuff that you know is kind of open ended or or respects you know what what they believe as well. So. Uh, but, you know, talking about G.K., just just some of his quotes, my favorite quote, which I've shared with you before, uh, Doug, is is the circle, the small circle quote in orthodoxy. And this explains how somebody can be limited in their concept of something, but feel like they have all the answers. Uh, and, sure. he, and he and he, he talks about a madman's explanation of something, but. Uh, it, but when he talks about trying to trace the error, because a lot of times circular logic, even if it's wrong, f- seems right uh, from a certain perspective. But uh, G.K. attacks that and he, and he says, but if we if we attempt to trace that error in exact terms, we shall find it not quite so easy as we had supposed. And he says, perhaps the nearest we can get to expressing it is to say this, his mind moves in a perfect. So it's reasoned uh it's reasoned uh but narrow circle so it it feeds back on itself and a small circle i love this is quite as infinite as a large circle but though it is it is infinite it is not so large 
in the same way, the insane explanation is quite as complete as the sate one, as the sane one, but not so large. A bullet is as round as the world, but it is not the world. And that that is so good that, you know, that's why you can run into somebody that has a faulty but seemingly complete argument. And they're they are trapped in a small eternity with 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 that argument. Even people that claim to be open minded are are often uh, stuck in the same rut. You know, they they, they're open minded. So they're in a larger circle. Mm -hmm. And the madman has the ultimate small circle. So. Talking about the size of your circle doesn't talk doesn't mean anything about your sanity. So let me my my favorite quote is the act of defending any of the cardinal virtues has today all of the exhilaration of a vice. So the the idea that our 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 values that go all the way back are so scandalous now that they have all the thrill of a vice to just be uh, just to to expound on or, or to support or believe in the cardinal virtues. Right. And that's true. Right. It's, it's radical to say, I believe in family. I love father figures, you know, things like that. Jesus is my hero. Or George Bush once said, Jesus is the greatest living, the greatest philosopher he's ever read. Right. And made fun of them. <laughs> it's just, uh, it, it becomes a new kind of radical. Uh, right. To be, uh, to be a Orthodox Christian. It's well, wonderful. And when you understand what the, what the Bible says, then you do understand the liar, madman, or he was telling the truth argument, which we'll get to. We got to get to a break. When we get back, I want to talk about that. And that's why knowing what the word says and people like GK Chesterton can help you think about it in a way that opens it up in whole new ways. So that way, when you're confronted with these arguments of, 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 uh, abstract or, or, uh, not, not objective, uh, What's what's the word for when it, when uh, relative truth? Uh, it, you, when yeah. your foundation is strong, you can stand against it. And G.K. Chesterton will will help you do that. When we come back, right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Shane Stack, sitting in for, but never replacing Mr. Ellswick. He'll be back with you Monday. Remember, it's the 50th anniversary of him uh, being in radio. So call in next week and or or leave a message on his uh, facebook page you know just congratulate him that's that's no small thing 50 years uh, i was going to read one more uh congratulations uh and then we're going to go back to doug tim Naple, and we're going to talk about the trilemma which is a, a very interesting uh theological um logical theological logical dilemma i guess i don't know sure. yeah well but we'll get to that here in a second uh first of all tim leonard posted for Dave. He said, you are one of my all-time favorite broadcasters. I loved it when you went to D.C. and broadcasted there from the Heritage Foundation that you got to go to, or that you go to the state capitol and catch the senators and reps that are coming and going. is totally awesome. Go, Dave. I agree. Dave's the man. Okay. So we've got about five minutes. And one of the most interesting things that I read in C.S. Lewis, which C.S. Lewis will tell you that he was inspired by G.K. Chesterton in The Everlasting Man is the trilemma. Now, uh, yeah. do you want me, to, do you want to just lay it out there or do you want me to say what it is and then you speak to it? Like, how do you want to, do you want to just take the, the ball and run with it? Sure. It's, it's also called the Lord Liar or Lunatic, right? Right. Is, is the thing. So it's, it's uh, when considering Jesus um, and his claims, Right, that he is uh, son of God, uh, fully man, fully God, 
died and resurrected, and uh, do you believe in him or not? Um, he, uh, people would often say, because they, they want to take on Jesus' good name, but they want to deny his deity. So they'll say, um, he was a good teacher. And C.S. Lewis said, that, that is not an option, that he is a good teacher. Because to claim that he is, um, that for him to be able to be killed or whatever, he's either, a, he's either your Lord, or he's a liar, or he's a lunatic. So he's either a liar, that is, he's, he is not who he said he was, or he's a lunatic, meaning he was crazy. Um, and, and when you find out that he's neither of those things, then he must be Lord. But he can't merely be a good teacher, because uh, he wouldn't be a very good teacher if he claimed to be God and was a liar. Wouldn't be a good teacher if he was a lunatic and claimed to be God. The only way to be a good teacher is if he was Lord. That's the trilemma. Right. So, and that's how, when you understand, theology is the study of the Word of God, you know? And when you understand what it were like when, when God, when Jesus says, you know, I am, I am the son of God. And then and the word says that he was the word and, and became, you know, uh, it uh, came down and, and, and took on flesh, but he, but he is divine. He is part of the Godhood. Uh, you know, people just, they've heard it so many times in church that they just, it becomes rote. Uh, and yeah. it fades into the background. But when you think about it, like the way that C.S. Lewis put it, and again, he was inspired by uh, Chesterton, was Christ either deceived mankind by conscious fraud, or he was himself deluded and self-deceived, or he was divine. There's no getting out of this trilemma. It's inexorable. There's no, you can't just say, oh, well, he was a good teacher. No, he wasn't. He was either lying or he was running around like a raving lunatic saying that he was the son of God, or he was who he yeah. said he was. So, and, and. You know, and people say that, that was first brought up in, in Everlasting Man by G.K. Chesterton, and Lewis kind of developed it, including, by the way, in the Chronicles of Narnia, when Edmund is saying that the youngest sister is a Lucy, when he's saying that she lied about uh, Narnia, the professor uses the Lord Liar lunatic argument. He goes, now, what do we know about her? We, we don't know of her saying anything crazy. We don't, we don't know of her of being mm-hmm. a liar. Uh, so she's probably telling the truth, even though it sounds like what she's saying is something weird that this Narnia place exists. So he even uses it in Lewis uses it in the Chronicles of Narnia, right? Uh, he, the line which in wardrobe he approaches it with sound reasoning. Why do you reject it? Has she ever said anything else yeah. that was crazy? So uh, what do we got there, Zach? About a minute? Okay, we got one minute. Uh, the reason I wanted to do this was to, to give the listeners in Arkansas a chance to uh, meet Doug Ten Naple again, but also. Uh, church services are turning into, and I hate to say this, you're not getting deep theology in church services anymore. And if you're serious about your faith, you need to study on your own. And GK Chesterton is a great place to start. What, uh, what, what's if, if, if people wanted to go out and get one book, what, what would you recommend be their first book, Doug? Um, I really would start with orthodoxy. It's a okay. huge meal. It's tough to get through, but it's worth investing your time in to get through it at least twice. And read it with a pencil and underline stuff that you like. Okay. We've got 30 seconds left. Folks, go to Indiegogo or just search for Earthworm Jim, and you can get the uh, largest crowdfunded comic book in history, which is Doug Ten Naples' Earthworm Jim, which he is uh, inking even now. As Dave... Ellswick always says, God gave you your entire life. Give him at least one hour a week. Dave, thanks for uh, 
letting me guest host. Doug, thanks for your time, and Doug will, or Dave will see you Monday. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.